right, welcome back to the I Am There podcast, guys. I'm your host, Freyway, and I'm here with my co-host, Kenny. And today we have a very special guest with us. This is your favorite player's favorite player. This guy goes Ooh. back to the dawn of Yu-Gi-Oh. He's at the beginning. He's one of the best of all time. Uh, at one point when the rankings were up, before they went down, he was top 10 in the world. He was top 10 before your fave was top 10. He has over Hello. 20 premier event tops, and we're not talking about ARGs and PPGs. No disrespect to them, but we're talking about Shonen Jump championships and YCS tops. He is a Shonen Jump champion. He is one of the teammates on some of the best teams that Yu-Gi-Oh has ever seen and just an innovator, a, a fantastic deck builder, a fantastic player, and honestly, just one of the goats of the game, if I had to say so myself. Ladies and gentlemen, we have today Dale Bolito with us. I'm so happy to be on. And you know what? It's funny that I was wondering what you were going to say, how to introduce me, and that just like far exceeded what I expected. <laughs> so, thank you for that. Yeah, no it's problem. Been, it's been like a tough year for work. So yeah. you know what? To start 2022 with that, dude, solid. Solid. Yeah, yeah no, I'm so happy to have you, man. We've been talking a lot since I first started the podcast. You were one of the, the earliest adopters of the podcast, one of the early supporters. And I really appreciate that. You told me that you wish we could drop it more often. And I was like, look, we're already dropping it two times a week. Like we're doing as much as we can. It's already, it's already a lot doing that. And I love the fact that people are that enthusiastic about it. And that you were really like, this shit to me is incorporated into your daily, like you said, your exercise, you know, you, you walk and you listen to the podcast and whatever else you might do. And you listen to, I hope that everyone who listens to the podcast also feels the same way as far as just like filling it in with something else that you do working gym, whatever walks. Yeah. Like, like I'm a big podcaster and I normally listen to podcasts at 1.5 speed just oh, so wow. I can get more information. Yeah. I, I listen to yours at one because like I truly <laughs> want to catch everything. <laughs> and one of the craziest things is like, so obviously you're you're an I am nerd podcast and yeah. it, it's nerd culture and video games, but I, I hate to jump into this right away only because it's just a, a quick story about Christmas. Okay, <laughs> where I told Lazaro like Lazaro loves Kingdom Hearts, right? Yeah, and I was like, oh, you should listen to Fraser's podcast about Kingdom Hearts, and we didn't talk about it. And then one day he just messages me when I'm at work. He's like, oh, what episode was that? So I just tell him, oh, listen, it's the RPG episode. Yeah, and. I don't know. At, during Christmas, we're talking and we're, we're talking about competitive Yu-Gi-Oh or Yu-Gi-Oh comes up, right? Like it always comes up. Yeah, with us. Yeah. He's over. He's over for Christmas. And he's like, oh, yeah, I heard on Fraser's podcast, Patrick talking about competitive Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, <laughs> shit. And I'm just like, oh, shit, you're, you're listening. That's crazy. Like, That's crazy. It's crazy. Dude. Like, yeah. like no, no shit. You could ask me about most of your episodes and I'll say I remember them. So that is like I finished your recap episode not too long ago, Mm -hmm. and like I assume Attack on Titan was crazy today. Yes, and and I I know you want to watch about it. Kenny Kenny ain't caught up, but he has to. Yeah, you got to catch up. (laughs) And then you got to catch up on you got to catch up on One Piece for him. It's only fair. Yes, no, I do. I got to read the manga. You know what? Because I'm flying to Cali this week, I am going to. On the plane, I'm probably just going to download all of the manga chapters that I'm missing. I'm, I'm like 100 chapters behind, no lie. So on the plane, I need something to do for that six-hour flight because from Philly to Cali is like legit five and a half hours or something. I'm going to need something. I was going to do Mushoku Tensei and just watch the whole show, but I feel like One Piece kind of takes priority, honestly. I'm always scared to talk about One Piece, though, because 
so many people that love One Piece are at different sections of One Piece. They're yeah. like, oh, I'm here, I'm here. I'm 300 chapters, I'm 100 chapters, I'm 30 chapters. <laughs> like, everybody's all over the place with One Piece. Real quick, before we go any further, I just want to say, to yeah. go back to the introduction for Dale Belito, before, not, you know, obviously I never made it to, like, Fraser's level or anything in Yu-Gi-Oh!, but I played a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh!, but before I was even really competitive, I, I heard your name. Like, Without knowing what you look like or anything about you, like I remember just being in alternate universe, which is our main local, yeah. and just hearing the name Dale Belito. Like I remember hearing your name and like knowing of you before even really knowing of you. Yeah, Dale it's is a household of, yeah. name in the true sense of the word. Like Dale is the real deal, a real legend. When I was a kid, so I think me and Dale we're very close in age. We won't we won't say it, but I think you and I are very close in age. So in two thousand and five. When metagame was up and you were like topping your first events and everything like that and winning and all that, I was reading those articles on metagame.com and like seeing you and your brother literally top the events together and being on team, super friends and like overdose and all of that stuff. And my goal was to eventually get to the point where I'm like a household name, something that people go on metagame.com and they see me in the top eight deck list. And uh, it's just crazy how like life happens. And then you ended up, you know, you end up topping everything for like a long 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 period of time becoming one of the best players of all time and then in 2010 i started topping and i think we have a very similar story a super similar record and i don't know if you remember this when the ycs toronto with shadows we i think we both topped yeah right? the one yeah yeah and then you told me your top count and i'm like well i guess i gotta keep playing because you're right <laughs> beside me so literally when the top 10 players of all time, that list that was on champ, like from champ trade, when they actually like put an official number to how, like the tops and what they matter and all that stuff, you and I, yeah. I was, I was number 10 and you were number nine. And I remember you messaged me and you were like, yo, you're so close to like overtaking me that I have to play now to make sure that like, <laughs> I don't fall out the top 10 or don't become number 10. And you actually fucking did it, which is crazy to me. You know, it's funny. Okay. So. I think in your pictures, that's that's my first Shonen Jump top. It's my first win. Yeah. But that's like 13 or 14 years later on the very far right. Holy shit. To, to make that's it. That's amazing, yo. Just to Your like. career. Yeah, ahead of Frazier. Yes. Just to make sure also, I'm, I'm still ahead of Frazier. Also, not not to mention, if I'm not mistaken, because I was on metagame.com today, uh, your first top is a win, right? So my first top on metagame is a win. Okay. I have a top before that. Okay, and it's not on metagame. It's not. It's nationals. So, so you, I talk, you predate metagame.com. Yeah. I, I pre you have to go to Polko <laughs> to find this out. And, and I'm going to unravel this as, as beautifully as possible. Without kind of ramble. But I, I'm, a, I'm such a rambler. Oh, I love um, it. No, we you, need it. You we can ramble. It. Yeah, you please. Can ramble. Please ramble. Please tell us. About, okay, let's just dive into like your first top um just your, you know, your, your career, like winning, I guess your second time. I thought it was your first. Cause it's the first thing on metagame. I thought metagame captured the entire history of Yu-Gi-Oh, but apparently not. It's crazy. So, so that's what's missing in that top 10. The champ trade is missing a nationals finals. So wow. it's like, it's missing a very high rated. Yeah. You were in the finals point. too. Yeah. I was in the finals of 2004 nationals and I'm going to, so I, ha I have this whole story that kind of is packaged together with my first top. Okay. All right. Let's hear it. And it, it's kind of how I start playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Where you and tell the story? 2004, were you guys playing Hitatsume Giant? What the fuck was that in 2004? <laughs> that was in Lazaro's deck. I gave myself all the good cards. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, I mean, you you want me to jump into it? And yes, please. Yeah, go, go, go ahead. Go okay. ahead. I'm going to try to make it as fast, this part as fast as possible. So, like everybody else, watch the anime. And I wasn't watching the anime first. It was Lazaro was watching it. And he's younger than me by two years. And he's watching it. I come home and I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. And this is at the time where, like, to stick to the I Am Nerd podcast type of thing is the anime I was watching was probably Escaflone and, and Sailor Moon at the time. Oh, yeah, I remember those. And, and Pokemon. So, like, we had YTV was our channel. And this had all, all like, the... Um, you had Toonami. We had, we had YTV in Canada. Okay. So it had all that. had Dragon Ball. So I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. And one of my best friends in high school... So I'm in, I'm in high school at this time. And one of my friends is like, oh, yeah, hey, have you heard of this card game? And at this time, I've never played card games in my life like that that um was unbeknownst to me i did collect pokemon cards but i didn't know how to actually play pokemon like we played pokemon by going rock paper scissors whatever attack to whatever the defense yeah or the hp right yeah, yeah. so it was like it was blast so i hate getting sidetracked but i love this story so lazaro <laughs> lazaro i pull a blastoise and we're playing people for cards at like eight or nine, but we don't know how to play. Like it's rock, paper, scissors. And someone pulls a Charizard and Lazar's like, I'll play you for that. And Charizard just has to, the way we play, Charizard just has to win one rock, paper, scissors against Blastoise to kill him. Oh. He has like 80 HP and, Bla- and, and Charizard's attacks 100. Blastoise has to hit him three times in our, our way of Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. And Lazar, Lazar just ices him. Three rock races in a row. He crushes them, and I get that's how I get my first Charizard. And this, this other set of brothers are so pissed that, like, the older brother just slaps the hell out of the younger one. Oh, and I'm just shit. like, nice, you got Charizard. <laughs> but, but anyways, yeah. So like, outside of that, no competitive play. We like not even competitive play. Like, I I, I don't play cards, right? Yeah. You did you watch it? Scissors. Did you watch the anime I, at all? Did I watch you guys? Anime? Yeah. Did you watch it? This was like from the day I saw Lazaro watching that anime to like my friend giving me or showing me these cards was literally like the next day of school. Wow. So I was like, okay, all right. I, I watched the anime after and I watched way later. So I didn't watch the original anime, uh, well, season one till like maybe 10, 10 years ago. That sounds a long time, but it's yeah. in you give sense it's not. Yeah. I started when like, Emperor Dragon was a thing. Like okay. Kaiba summoning Emperor Dragon. Yeah. But, that's, pretty, um, yeah that's pretty deep, man. Yeah, that's pretty deep. It's deep, right? Like, yeah. That's, that's the first time I watch it because, like, I'm, I'm immediately encapsulated by the Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yes. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll, I want to play. So, like, we, me and Lazaro used to play chess at school. And the only reason we played chess was because you had a chess tournament in the middle of the year where you got to leave school for, like, two or three days. And if you did well at chess you would go to multiple tournaments and leave school naturally we both started to become good at chess just right. to, originally to quit school yeah not quit school that's like an extra day off just to get days off yeah yes. yeah yeah but lazaro lazaro actually ended up winning medals and it's because i taught him so in chess there's like a three move setup that you could you could checkmate them right away and i would show him and then he would just dummy all the grade threes with this move and lazaro like <laughs> Lazaro got, got, I don't even know the name of this move, but anyways, Lazaro got all the way to the quarterfinals, and then Lazaro does it, 
And then the person obviously knows he sets up defense for it. And then Lazar is just like, oh, well, I guess you win because I don't know. I don't know how what to play to after do. this. Right. The rest He's like, I don't know how to play past turn four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the current Yu Gi Oh right now. I mean, it is. You, it doesn't yeah, even make it to turn four. It's unheard of. Yeah. But yeah, so, so co- completely encapsulated by Yu Gi Oh right away. And I just spend my money, my lunch money, or my allowance, and Lazar's lunch money, and we're buying cards. And eventually, this one friend, we, we amassed a deck together, and we start playing. And I remember double tributing for a, like, I'll remember this in my kitchen. I double tribute for a barrel dragon against a space down monster, and I, I, I miss its effect. And I attack into a metal scorpion. And what metal scorpion's effect is, if a machine monster attacks this, it dies like four turns later. Oh my god. And I was just like, wow, this is like the anime. Like something <laughs> so specific, die. right? Like such a specific interaction. So specific. And I was just like, man, I love this game. And then that deep dive into it, my, my <laughs> That's friends what made you love the game. <laughs> everything. Every like I truly love Yu-Gi-Oh! Yes. I, That's so cool. No, me too, man. Like, like there is artwork on my wall of Yu-Gi-Oh! Like I don't know if you've seen. I finish. I finally finished my Red Eyes frame. I did see that. That crazy. looks great. Also, that's probably worth so much money now. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know um, you know the price of cards has gone up tremendously. I don't know if you and your brother kept anything as far as cards go, but cards are worth a yeah, lot. We, we could talk about big misses that that I have, but yeah. but yeah. Um, Again, so fall, fall in love with Yu-Gi-Oh! I, I mean, I start to spend money on the game. And we kind of understand it pretty quickly, right? Like, yeah. me more than Lazaro. Yeah. I understand. I play, I'm, I'm beating my friends at school. And my parents' dental clinic, there's a card shop outside. And one day, I'm just, I'm, I, I, I don't know what tournaments are. I, I come on a Saturday. I don't normally come on a Saturday to my parents' clinic. Because they're so busy, but I, for some reason I'm there and I see a tournament going. So I'm just watching. I'm like, oh shit, I got Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And I'm watching these people play and I decided to go next week. And at this store is one of my first Yu-Gi-Oh friends I've ever met. And it's Dexter, Dexter Dallin. Okay, I know that. And yeah, so he, he goes to Worlds twice. He's uh, unfortunately only like, he, he only stayed in Canada. He rarely traveled. Yeah. So but he did, he did very well. A local legend. <laughs> He juiced me. He was the first person that juiced me. <laughs> he was a silverman. So he was your silverman. So so bad that anyone else that got ripped off by me can thank this guy. Right. He started he, it. <laughs> he started he, it. Okay. I don't know if you remember the Shonen Jump Blue Eyes. I was playing Blue Eyes deck. Right. Do you remember that Shonen Jump Blue Eyes the, the in the first magazine with the world behind them? Yes, I know exactly. I have yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, you still have it? Uh, of course. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't like to trade cards, really. I'm going to be honest with you. I have a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And I, when I started working like 10 plus years ago in like a real job, yeah. I realized how ridiculous it was to trade back and forth with people for like $5 difference because everyone's trying to get over by some margin. I used to hate yeah. it because I'm like, at this point, I'm making real money and I'm not arguing with anybody over 5 or $10. I'm just not. So I just completely shut down trading. Like I, I just bought what I wanted and I would just put my cards in the house and that was it. I did not... I stopped completely carrying a binder, telling people my trades. I just, I couldn't do it anymore. So I have like a lot of my old stuff, but yeah. Go. Blue Eyes, I think I have that art too. Cause I had, I'm sure they've printed more arts now, but at a point in time, I had every art of Blue Eyes. Yeah. I, sh- I should still have the world one. Cause I, I never traded it. Yeah. It's very expensive. Yeah. And like, so basically my, my Blue Eyes deck, un- unbeknownst to me, 
that I had probably the highest rarity because I first said LMB Blue Eyes. Okay. I'm like, I need that those card. Those are wild. Now, I don't have, I, I don't think I have those. It's like, I was like, I need that card. And I didn't even really ask anything about it. I'm like, name your price, right? So he goes to my binder and I have like, I have a lot of stuff ready. I have like Jinzo's when Jinzo's new, yeah. Imperial Order, Secrets from everything. And he like takes my first page of my binder, right? And first first page is usually the best page, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, Ear to ear smiling, right? Because I'm like, I got this new sick blue eyes. This guy goes in the store and buys another magazine and just opens it in front of me. Oh, shit. So he wanted you to know, too. He wanted me to know. Wow. And he just pulled it out. And I'm like, holy shit. And then that starts me destroying people with trades. Yeah, that was the beginning of the ruthless Dale. After that, you were no longer. (laughs) But anyway, so, so back to like, it's so funny how like all, all this comes together, but when I start seeing competitive play, they tell me online or you can win a trophy. Do you remember the big Duelist Kingdom trophy? Yes. The, yeah, like the, the Millennium puzzle. Puzzle. Yep. So real quick, when you say you started watching competitive play, with all due respect, Dale, you, you are competitive play. <laughs> like like what are you what was competitive play before you guys you're in the first like article on metagame. Uh, like what is competitive play and in your eyes at that time. Yeah. Okay. So, so sorry, not competitive play, organized play. Okay. Or they you call it that. <laughs> call it. Organized play. Okay. And organized plays like was at the time Duelist Kingdom. And that's how you qualified for 2003 worlds. Right. So whoever was the best, like whoever did the best with their UDE number at a store, won the most got to play at worlds that year. And I was already late in 2003. I think worlds just finished. And, but what I got to do is I got to look at, so how I search for people is I looked online and it's, it was like a Duelist Kingdom, um, it, it showed like a Duelist Kingdom map of which stores and who are the best players. So at my first store, it, it's called, it was called EK Trading. Um, we became the best players there and I was like, you know what? I was already driving. So I just got my driver's license and like the first thing I wanted to do, I'm like, oh shit, now I can drive the locals, yeah. which is cool. So I would go to whatever local and find the best player there and beat them. And like, just like try to solidify, like, yeah. like a dog barking his territory. Yeah. Established dominance. So, and this is how, and, and I already had good cards, right? You talk about Frazier. You, you said this one thing, swinging a sword at a playground. Yeah. I was swinging two swords all day long. <laughs> like, like you, you'll, you'll, you'll understand why, but I go to, I go to, and this is how I meet my team, my future team. Right. I go to a store called Image, and the best player there is Matt Pedal. Yep, I know him too. He's a so, household name from back in the day. Yep. And Lazaro just tags along. He's just my younger brother. He's not super competitive, but he's just he's watching watching me hustle people for trades and boy, and how things change, right? <laughs> I know, crazy, so crazy. <laughs> but um, we end up, I I end up winning Image. The, the image collectibles tournament and I, I meet Matt. I go to the next store is Untouchables, which kind of becomes my home because that's the best store in um in the GTA in the Greater Toronto area. Mm. And cool. this is the GTA? first store. With, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and uh, it's um it's the first store with adults, like older people in university. And I'm still in high school at the time. Mm. And I'm just like, okay, the 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 skill level is much better here. And I go to my first tournament. And I'm in, I don't win, but I lose in the finals to a guy that like never wins there. I lost to like a guardian sphinx that I couldn't deal with because yeah. it was 24 
and that's, kept bouncing. Yeah, and that car back in the day, that was like a little lock, right? Like it, Guardian Sphinx could literally lock you. Yeah. And I was just like, I was, I was getting dummied by that. And eventually we become like, I become the king of that store. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to use the word. Right? Okay. I, like I, I run that store. I run Mississauga Yu-Gi-Oh. And at the time, organized play has evolved into regionals. So we get our first regionals announced in Toronto. And the way we communicated back then was forms, like Pojo. Yeah. Right? Pojo, and before Pojo, there was something called Yu-Gi-Oh! Realms. Oh, and, shit, I remember Yu-Gi-Oh! Realms. Yeah, so Yu-Gi-Oh! Realms, heard of Yu-Gi-Oh! Pojo, Realms, and then later on, Duelist Grounds. Duelist Grounds, so yeah. At the, time, at the time, Yu-Gi-Oh! Realms is, is shifting to Pojo, and most people, more, almost everyone's on Pojo. So, like, I, I joined Pojo, and I'm like, oh, this regionals... Um, I post down like I'm gonna I'm gonna top this regional. It's easy. And then a bunch of people from the the province, like the state, for example, yeah, that don't know Toronto are or don't know this area, but like are like, who are you? You're random, you're talking shit. I'm like, I'll pay you for money. I've been playing <laughs> for cards forever. Like I was I was the rare hunter. I would I would go play people for cards, I would lose, I'm like, all right, I'll put up more. Whatever. Yeah. Like Blackjack, if I keep doubling up, I'm eventually going to win it all back. Yeah, because you were confident. Yeah, and like, I had had best cards. Okay, so it's, I want to interject here. It's interesting to me, you were good pretty much from the start, but like, how did you, because when I started playing Yu-Gi-Oh, I didn't even use the rules. Like how you play Pokemon, you just made up your own rules. I didn't even use the rules, and by the time I found out about advanced rule set, like, you know, how to play for real, tributing monsters instead of just summoning blue eyes. And like yeah. constructing a real 40 card deck with sleeves. By the time I knew about how to do that kind of thing, Yu-Gi-Oh! was already completely organized. Like there was metagame was already yeah. going, there were Shonen Jump champions and stuff. But like I learned because of you guys, how did you learn yeah. to begin with? Like you you guys set the standard for what became competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! But like did you and Lazaro just play test against each other or something? Like how did you figure out like this card is better than this card? To piggyback One off that, you- I think I think you both yeah. are only like a year older than me. And same, by the time I started learning how to play Yu-Gi-Oh, I already heard his Dale's name. Like, I've already, I already heard Dale's name by the time I started learning how to play Yu-Gi-Oh. Exactly. And you're only, like, a year older than me. Um, okay, so I, I do owe a lot of this to, okay, my one friend who taught me all the mechanics of the game, the, the friend that got me into it. But the very first store I went to, EK Trading, the best player in that store was actually the number two player in Canada. And he was like 20 years old, 21 at the time, okay. already older. And he taught me the concept of card advantage very early. So he played a deck that like in like pre-Android format, like not even pre-Android. Yeah, so let's say like before, right before Jinzo. Okay. So Magic Ruler, Metal Raiders, and uh, LOB. He was playing a very advanced deck with Triple Sangan, Triple Witch, and Share the Pain. So I was understand. I learned um, card advantage super early yeah, because of him. I didn't learn it until metagame. That's exactly right. So card advantage, how to go plus one. Yeah, and I learned that very early. And then we also adapted the form of card advantage where most people don't know this, but card advantage is also your monster killing their monster. Yep, right. Just battle phase. So it, yeah, just put it naturally putting that together and being like, all right, I just I'll take the seven colored fish out of my deck. I don't need any of this. I could just run over stuff with Gemini off and then hit with like a Don and make sure that stuff float. Like I, I, I grasped that concept very, very quickly. Okay. So yeah, I mean, unfortunately I, I peak in Yu-Gi-Oh very fast. 
Yeah, you do. Like, it's like immediate because I'm, when I read, I just read your finals feature match for when you won the Shonen Jump Championship. And it's exactly what you just described. You pretty much go up on him. At one point, the article writer, I think it's Jerome McHale, he says, like, Dale has three cards and his opponent has zero. So you, yeah. you, you literally whittle down his cards. It's like Cyber Dragon, Donza Lug, crack, crack, like discard a card out of your hand. Then, like, next turn, it's like you attack Sakuretsu. Like, you just, like, one for one him. But then you go plus yeah. one on your battle phases and stuff. So then it ends up where you just whittled down all his cards. You just won the you won the tournament. Like it was really it's really simple when you read it. But I'm sure like playing at that time when no one knew Yu-Gi-Oh, I had to put it in a context. Because as I'm reading, I'm like, this seems so like simple, right? Like it, reading it, I'm just like, it's like summon Cyber Dragon, do this or like whatever. It seems really simple. But then at the I have to remember in 05, like no one really knew how to properly play Yu-Gi-Oh like that. Yeah. When other people got swords, I got a gun, right? So yes, like here's your sword at the playground, but here's my machine gun. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, like I, I learned card advantage super early, and on top of that, like I'm putting the best cards in my deck. So again, the regionals comes around, and this regionals is in even before traditional. So no ban list, nothing. Right. So IOC just comes out oh, at God. this regionals, and this is me talking talking shit to everyone online. I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna crush oh, this regionals. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Meet me. Play me for Bunny. My name is Dale. My screen name is Dale. It's always been on every form. Yeah. I don't hide behind a screen super, name. Super blatant. Yeah. yeah. It is really so Dale. Oh, arrogant. Super arrogant. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love and it. it. Competitive men, are, like men are just so competitive. Like it's just the thing about yeah. us. Like from a young age, you were just competitive. You knew who you were. You were confident in who you were. Some people might see it as like, oh, he's arrogant. He's cocky. But if you could back it up, like, okay, like what can you do about it? Stop exactly. me. Exactly. Like, I'm and similar to yourself, and I, and I see this with Fraser. Like, can't, I can't really say much about you because I, I, I I've known Fraser for quite some time, but he's very similar yeah, yeah. in the sense of like we're we're unapo- unapologetically ourselves. Yes, and we we are just we say what we mean and yep. we mean what we say every time, right? And, and I've always been like that, and it's it's funny because maybe when you're getting into Yu-Gi-Oh at the time, Fraser. Like I was kind of like this celebrated duelist, and a lot of people loved me already. Mm-hmm. But I started as a bad guy, and I started as a bad guy because I didn't want to just blend in the crowd, right? right? So I needed to, t- to stand out. So that's what it was. I'm like, dude, someone has to be the best. You, I'll be the best. Not, you, not Fire Mage, one, one, two, three on Pojo. Dale <laughs> on Pojo will yeah. be the best. <laughs> and telling people on there, like, I'm going to win. Also, exactly. So, you so look like a villain. Shows. You look like a villain Sorry. in this first picture. This villain, yeah. the the picture where you're holding up the car on the, on the left, you look like a villain. Like if that had to say, uh-huh. in, if we were in an anime, the way you have the black jacket on, the white tee, and then like holding up the card, you look like somebody that will one rare hunter like take your cards and beat you, <laughs> and then they'll like turn around and their jacket will just have like a long ass like cape to it or some shit. <laughs> you look like a villain. It was hundred percent, and and it's so funny is that kind of is a turning point when I become the people's kind of champion. Yeah. So to say, like, for, for lack of a better term. But again, so I'm talking shit, I get to this regionals, and this re- regionals is so poorly handled. But out of nowhere, like, the, the locals I would go to would have 30, 40 players. There's 500 players at this first regionals. Holy hell. And they have no idea how to, how to handle it. Yeah. So what they do is they separate it into two regionals, and top four of the regionals will play off. Okay. For, for top eight. So again, we come, I, I do some trades and IOC again, just gets released. And between me and Lazaro, we have four Emperor Dragons and four Black Lesser Soldiers. Oh, 
So I'm like, all right, well, here's three Black Luster Soldiers and one Chaos Emperor Dragon for you. And I have three Emperor Dragons and one Black Luster Soldier. On top of that, like, Lazar didn't care. Lazar was just, like, my younger brother, wanted to have a good time. He, he tagged along. Yeah. And I played this regionals with triple Emperor Dragon. And obviously, I go perfect in Swiss. And I'm like, all right, good. I made top eight. I'm fulfilling this prophecy that I put out there. Yep. Um, I win my I win my top eight match, and in top four is the first my first real humbling experience because I'm against people from so this Markham store, and so Markham is like a, a suburb on the the east end. Mm-hmm. So I, I I'm also stayed on the west, and on the east end it was like primarily like Asian. It's like a super Asian town, and I get hit with stuff that I've never seen before. Like I'm playing a chaos deck. I crush him game one, game two, he sides into, you'd love this phrase, he sides into Grape Peepers. Oh, he sides into Necro Valley. Right. And I look at my side, like, I'm like, I, outside of, like, one Duster, one Imperial, and, and Heavy Storm, I, I have no, I, I'm probably only playing one MST. Yeah. I have no answer. So I lose in top four, and the guy in the finals um, is another guy from my local, and he ends up winning this regionals. And I'm just like, oh shit, like someone did better than me right. and from my store and yeah, it wasn't yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, I did well and it's, I'm upset, but it's what it is. Right. So nationals comes around. I, I have my invite for nationals and there were only like three regionals in Canada. So I'm like, is this a 12 man nationals? Am I about to go to Japan only having to be 11 people? They announced the day before that there's a, there's a regionals at nationals uh, on day one where wait hold on one second you uh you broke up for a second yeah you what'd you say you said there was a regional at nationals for day one and then what happened yeah and and they were give, so right now there's only 12 invites because there's only three regionals right they're giving top 64 so they can have a decent tournament if you finish top 64 you go to nationals oh so they need to have yeah so they can have a real size tournament yeah, so like you go three and whatever, you take three or four losses, you still qualify. And I'm, I'm there because I take Lazaro so he can get his invite. And I play against that one guy, only other guy that I know with an invite. And I don't want to play the guys from the different provinces because I think they're trash. Because I get <laughs> to see, I, I see their deck list. I'm like, all right, trash. Yeah. And ah! I, I, play, I play 100 matches against this guy. Oh obviously, God. I don't know the record. And Matt, Matt comes up to me in the morning. He's like, what are you guys hanging out? Oh, then I'm like, yeah, I gotta wait for Lazaro. Matt literally comes back like eight rounds later. I'm I'm pretty sure I have a permanent ass groove in this chair. Wait, 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 wait. Like, oh, have you guys left? I'm like, no, we probably played like a hundred matches. And of oh, nothing. A oh, pointless Yu-Gi-Oh! It's like the same deck, not testing, nothing. So Nationals, um oh, so the lead up to Nationals, I post that again, I'm like, alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna top nationals. And at this time, a lot of people are just like whatever, you're full of yourself. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change the fact that I'm going to top nationals. And my <laughs> post is uh, top, eight, top eight of nationals, Dale Belito, one. And then two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, random. XX random, XX random, XX random. Right? And I post it on Podio, and then it starts, it starts this war. And I get there, and I top nationals. This is 2004 nationals. And I go X1 in Swiss. And in top eight, I, I win my top eight match. And top four, I also win. So I'm in the finals. I went, I went top eight, top four. Nothing, nothing too crazy. The like the only crazy story I have from that event is I'm playing round five against this one guy, and like an older, an older gentleman, and he's there with his grandson, and he calls, he does a play, right? 
And then he calls the judge and he's like, um, how does this play work? And the judge goes, oh, you can't do that. You get a game loss. Oh, and he's like, oh, okay. I was like, all right, cool, thanks. But then there's other people like that are watching. They're like, oh, Dale's a shark. Dale shark this guy. I'm like, this guy judge himself. Would you say this guy what? Sorry? Would you say you said this guy what? I said this guy called the judge on himself. Like, I didn't oh, shark yeah, him. The yeah, judge you didn't do anything. He, yeah, you literally didn't do I anything. Didn't do anything. But, like, these are close friends of mine now. Yeah. But they're just like, yeah, Dale's a shark, but that's, that's how we talked, right? And it didn't matter. I was X1. And in the finals of Nationals, again, another super humbling experience. And at the time... All right, so this guy basically calls a judge on himself. The judge gives him yeah. a game loss. And then they're like, Dale's a shark, Dale's a shark. You're like, what the fuck? He called the judge on himself. Yeah. And I was just like, whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm still going to ride with it. And... Uh, I make it to the finals, so so I top eight Nats. Um, I make it to the finals. I'm like one step away from world, and this is humbling experience number two in in the journey of Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, this guy, the guy that I'm playing in the finals, got very lucky to get there because in top four he double summons, and the judges don't catch it. No mm-hmm. one catches it. He double summons and wins off that to play me in the finals. But the other guy in top four. If he won, he couldn't go to Worlds. So, like, if he played me, it would just be for the title, and I'd automatically go to Worlds. Right. But he ends up, he ends up losing to this double summon, and I'm against... Um, his name is uh, Joseph. So, I'm playing him, and then at the time, I do not look at anything OCG, because at the, there's, there's a very difference in card pool and bandless. Yeah. So, I don't look at any of that stuff. Like, they're... they're at, even at that time, years, years ahead. But he has done his research. So again, I'm playing, this is traditional format one, the, the traditional format with, with like one Emperor, one, one BLS. And I get hit with Thousand Eyes Restrict. So this is before GOAT format. This is 2004. He drops a Thousand Eyes Restrict and I actually had to read a card for once. Right. Like, I'm like, this card's in my binder. I don't even know what it does. So I read it and I'm just like, okay, how do I play around this card? Like, how do I shut it off? Right. You didn't have the Sukiyomi answer at the time. Yeah. Like I I didn't have, he had Sukiyomi. Like he was playing gold control when I was playing traditional. Holy shit. That's crazy. Somehow. And and that's a, that's a very good matchup against. So how I was beating people was pretty much like everyone was running tomatoes. So the metagame call I make for this event is everyone's running tomatoes to go into Sangen to try Sangen or Witch to try and do the Emperor Dragon, blow up Yada Search. Yeah. I, I, I choose not to play Tomato at all and go Shining Angel. So whenever there's a Tomato face up, I'm going straight into a Warrior Lady to banish the Sangen so they can't pre it back to do that. So I'm like, all right, nice. Like, this is an amazing metagame call because I'm crushing every mirror match because that's it's, it's a mirror match. And I, I'm beating them because they're leaving Tomato face up. I'm hitting it with the Warrior Lady. They can't do that. And then I still have access to like, the Sangans because um, they're not they're not getting banished through that interaction. Right. Anyways, like in the finals, I, I like I lose. Like I'm like, oh my god, I lost. Was it two zero? Sorry. Was it two zero? No, no, I beat him game one, right? And okay. he he signed into goat goat control. What the fuck? So he was, hey. he was playing, yeah, he was playing traditional like chaos, like regular chaos and. Uh, tomato against uh, angel against a tomato worked out like perfectly. I crushed him, and I, I, after I beat him game one, I remember I turned to the judge, so full of myself. I'm like, "Hey, can we take a break? Like, <laughs> let's take a break." 
and everyone's laughing. He's like, no, let's just, let's finish it out, right? Long day. And then he just he he two owes me after. Damn. So then I'm damn. like, oh, damn, this sucks. I was this close to worlds. So following up to that is um, Shonen Jumps are announced. So Shonen Jumps finally get announced, and all of them are on um, West Coast, right? The the first like the com- Comic Odyssey runs all of them because they're they're on the on the West Coast. And I can't travel to any of them. And I don't even, like, I can't even convince my parents to travel at the time. Like, they would make jokes to my family members that they're like, oh, yeah, my son's a, a car. The corniest joke ever. Like, he's going to be a cardiologist. Oh, my and, God. Like, that's so bad. You know, you know, I see Asian, Asian tiger parenting, not yes. tiger parenting, but like. I know what you mean. My, my parents are, are dentists. Like, my mom's a dentist. And, yeah. and um, they want their kids to be doctors like them and stuff. And, and, but I didn't, and they would always make that joke and, but they supported us throughout, throughout everything. Yeah. It was just, it was a little, it was a little joke to them. My mom but, wanted me to be a, a, a lawyer or a doctor as well. So I know that feeling of having the, the strict parents who are like education, education, education. I want you to do this high paying job. So your life is easy type of thing. Yeah. I mean, they only want the best for you, but it, it's yeah. so funny that, cardiologist life is is so different right yeah but um so competitive organized play is is now announced and shonen jumps are a thing and i'm like all right cool now an extra event and i look at the list they only released the first couple ones so i couldn't play any of the stein events so that was the first uh so yeah metagame is finally starting to become a thing all my organized like everything i've done before predates metagame um except like that nationals top, we just had no coverage. Jason Gabermeyer was there at the time, but he was playing. Okay. So he wasn't a writer. And I've they had never nat- seen that in my life. You just said Jason was playing. Yeah. The very first regionals that I go to, he's playing. That is and crazy. I, like, Jason is like what for people who don't know, if you're like really young, I guess, Jason Gabermeyer is one of the most iconic writers and content. Like creators, I guess you can call it, um, and Yu-Gi-Oh's history. He's one of the first people to write articles on the feature matches and just kind of articles in general, just talking about random Yu-Gi-Oh shit. Uh, somebody I looked up to growing up, I eventually became an actual article writer myself. But Jason was like the inspiration for a lot of that type of thing. Reading those articles, yeah. reading those feature matches that he hand like just sat there and typed out. I never knew that he. I mean, obviously, I knew that he was a player to some degree, but I thought I I, I can't imagine seeing Jason playing at a tournament. In a competitive way, that's just a the idea of that. That's how far back this goes. Yeah, it, it, it's great. Like it, it's so funny. Like I meet all of everybody. I meet all the big Yu Gi Oh names at the very beginning of their career. Like I, I already have met Jeff at this time. Yeah, I met Jeff in two thousand and four. He came. He came up to like a Toronto regionals. Oh yeah, because he's in. The, he's so, from like Michigan or whatever. Yeah, he's in Michigan, so he's like a two three hour drive. Right. So it's actually and, close enough. Okay. Yeah, so like I, I I've met them. I I met I I don't meet all of them till obviously I start to travel. But yeah. I meet like Jeff. I meet super early because he's close to the area. Do you guys but, immediately like become like hit it off and everything? So I don't know if you know the name Andrew Hayton. So Andrew Hayton was like another like Team Extreme was like a thing from the other Canadian the B B Canadian team. I'll call him the B Canadian team. <laughs> oh shit! Very on brand. Very on brand of myself to do so. Yes, but. Yes, <laughs> team Team Canada B. Okay, had Andrew Hayden, Chris Patel. I know Chris and Rob Patel. Cedar. I know. Okay, I know Rob Cedar too. 
yeah so this is this is that team I, i'm good friends with all of them yeah right yeah. and um andrew haynes is a, andrew haynes from windsor which is like 10 minutes away from detroit and he's the one that introduces me to jeff and um for the longest time before jeff talked i told everybody that jeff is the best player to not have a shonen jump top and you're right he goes off and and becomes far surpasses myself but um yeah we kind of hit it off right away jeff jeff was was amazing he's he was always been nice since since the very beginning yeah and yeah so shawnee jumps finally get announced and my my friends that um i met through beating them at other stores we finally see that we're against a different competition it's not just nationals we're not against each other and we decided to make a team and the very first event is that is accessible to us is shonen jump charlotte i can't go to that one and well I, it's not that i can't go they're like yeah we're gonna go and i was like all right how are you guys getting there they're like we're gonna take a bus like a 14 hour 15 hour bus ride i'm like good luck convincing my parents right to go on a 14 hour bus ride to the states with friends that I met at a card shop that are younger than me. Like, right. I have to be responsible. So, no, I can't go. My parents will not let me go. So, they go, and um, one of our teammates tops the event, Kyle Duncan, who, from Philly, he ends up winning a Philly jump later. Yeah, later I was on. there. I was there for that. Were you there? That was my first oh, ever. Man. That's my first ever Shonen Jump Championship, and it's the first Philadelphia Shonen Jump Championship, period. It was also, at the time, the biggest Shonen Jump Championship of all it time. Is. It was like 900 people. Yeah, I think it was 808, exactly. It was really, really big. Oh, it was 808? I, I think, all I, I know, know is there was... Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. The, line, the line was wrapped out the door. It was my first time seeing, like, a lot of... I was a fanboy. It was my first time seeing a lot of the, you know, like, your Adam Corns or whatever. Like, not, maybe not Adam, because it was really, really early, but, like, Shane Scurry, Jerry yeah. Wang... Uh, maybe Paul Levinson, like all of those guys, like, Paul, like Jonathan Labounty, just like super early. Yeah. It was my first time ever seeing pro players in person and seeing a line wrapped around a door for registration. I don't even think they expected to get that many people, 808 people. I don't know why the number stands out to, in my head. It might not be exact, but I know it was, like you said, either eight or 900. And it was definitely like the chaos format. He played the Royal Decree, Shining Angel, Mystic Tomato, Creature Swap deck, right? Yeah, Chaos Recruiter. Yep, Chaos Decree Recruiter. Decree Chaos Recruiter. Yeah. Yep. So he's creature swapping people's decoches yeah. and shit. Yeah, it was, it was that was a crazy time. And um, but yeah, he he tops that first event, and we kind of just we talk on the way back. He he loses in top eight, and he tells us that like they're not that much better, like in the states, right? Like like they play very different. So the way Canadians played and the way Americans played back then, like from our experience, is they were very they were more aggressive. Okay, and there, there's it's funny because there's articles in early metagame where if you read, so you have to read Shonen Jump North Carolina where Ivan Flores wins. And at the time, the first, um, a European player comes, Joe Whitaker, and he's a very like high level European player. It's the first time you hear someone from, from overseas come by. And he kind of says to met, the metagame writer, you'll, you'll read in the article that Canadians play very differently than Americans at the time. So, like, he references, like, the top-level American players that he played against and top-level Canadian players, and there's a difference there. And Kyle Duncan kind of, like, we talked about that very early, and trying to take advantage of how aggressive they were meant, like, we, when we were playing recruiters, our recruiters are going to get hit because they, they just like to attack. Yeah, and they that's did, smart. They did stuff with BLS that 
was unheard of for us. Like, they would drop a BLS right when they have it to gain the plus one. But I'm like, this BLS is a kill card. 100% kill card. This is, like, could be over 50% of what you need, right? So that, that's just kind of how we viewed it. And come uh, the next event, next Shonen Jump is Shonen Jump Indianapolis, which is Gen Con. Did, did you ever get to go to a Gen Con? I did. I went to one. I went to a couple, actually. But the one that I played then that I can recall was 2010 when it was frog ftk format so i have been the one yeah okay yeah and at the time like before 2010 i think was one of the last big years for it it was it just started to fade it started to fade at that point but like gen con was like the best event to go to like it didn't matter if you if you didn't do well it was just fun right and that that event i couldn't go to because of family obligation and matt pedal ends up uh so the team ends up going and Matt top eights, and he loses in uh, he loses to the winner. And again, he's just like, yeah, it's it's the same. We we could do better than them. So before I get to finally go to an event, we have two thousand five nationals. And again, I post on two thousand five nationals. I'm like, I'm I'm gonna win. I haven't been playing. I'm yeah. gonna win. Yeah. I'm like, I'm traveling. So in two thousand five nationals, I I so the regionals right before one Calvin Sang, one one of my friends now doesn't have a deck. So uh, he's just chilling at the regionals. I'm playing for fun. I have a Benkai deck as uh, built on the side. Mm. And he's seeing me play people front. He's like, oh, that deck's pretty cool. Can I see it? So I show him. He's like, all right, cool. And do you know how Benkai oh, works? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah. actually copied it from the website. Right, you equip right, with a bunch right. of shit. And he attacks like 18 fucking times and he kills you. Yeah. So uh, 2005 Nationals comes around. I'm maybe, I'm 5-0. There's, there's two more rounds. And I play against... Calvin. Oh no, I play against somebody else from Ottawa. So Ottawa is like another city. It, so in the very first story, the guys that were talking shit, that they said they'd play me for money, were from Ottawa. So if I lost anyone from Ottawa, I wouldn't like it. I end up losing to this guy. So I'm X1. It sucks. I'm X1. And then I play against Calvin in the last round. And yeah. he's playing Benkai. The deck I give him. Awkward. Uh, he beats me. Not with Benkai. He beats me with an equip deck. Like, pretty much like, all right, Tribe, Axe of Despair, Attack. Like, he doesn't once beat me with Giant Trunade, Benkai, bunch of equips, right. Attack, Attack. He just like, beats you down my slowly. Is just so bad. So bad. And he just beats me with, like, an equip deck. And I'm like, man, this sucks. Dang. Like, That's I'm actually so, crazy. I'm so dejected at the time. I didn't get to travel any events. And I felt like, I'm like, did I hit my peak already? Like, was, was second place last year my... That was it. So, again, the, the Nationals post and the next events are announced. So, there's Boston. There's Shonen Jump Boston at the end of GOAT format. So, this is GOAT format Nationals. Shonen Jump Boston, then Atlanta, then Chicago. I can't go to Boston because it's my birthday. My parents are like, yeah, you can't go. It's your birthday. You got to stay here. You got to celebrate with us. I'm like, it's my birthday. I want to go. Yeah. Anyways, we don't go. None of us travel that one. Atlanta is a little too far for us. And then Shonen Jump Chicago comes around and... This time, Matt goes, hey, my mom is willing to drive us to Chicago. She wants to go around Chicago. Um, do you want to come? Like, we, we, we want to get us together as a team. Yeah. So we're like, all right, cool. Let's go. We're down. I tell my parents, like, all right, there's a responsible adult to watch your kids. Good. So she drives us. And Matt's mom is like, if there was an honorary member for any team I've been on, it's Matt's mom. <laughs> she drove us to so many events. Like she made, she had pillows for us. She was clutch. Like, travel pillows. So 
I made my team. We, so our, our first team is Team Super Friends, right? Mm-hmm. And Team Super Friends is kind of a joke on The Simpsons and the Justice League Team Super Friends. So she asked, like, oh, who are our favorite characters? She makes us pillows with our favorite characters on them. Oh, that's just travel. So sweet. Matt's mom is is amazing. There's a uh, and, there's a similar figure in the community. Well, she's not in it anymore, but her name was Miss Leverett. She used to travel with like Patrick and Desmond and those guys. But literally, yeah. I, when I met her, she was the exact same thing. She was super nice to me. She offered me lunch and like all this stuff. It just bought me cookies and juice and shit while I'm playing. Barely even knew me the first time we met, but immediately we just became cool. Yeah. And every single event, she was just yeah. like a really nice mother figure and stayed that way my entire time ever knowing her. Those are like the real heroes of you. Yes, like the support they're clutch. Seriously, like to have that level of support, which my parents eventually gave me. Yeah. But like that level of support, just like it goes a long way. It keeps way, their yeah. head on as a kid. Yeah. Right? That's amazing. And By any chance, do you still have the pillow she made? Lazaro still has his pillow. I I might have mine. Um, like I I slowly go through my house. Uh, and un- an open box, and I'm like, oh, like cool. I have these old Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. cards. Or yeah, you I have it. like crazy old expensive Funkos, Funko Pops that I collected back in like 2010 that are worth mm-hmm. infinite now. Yeah, but like I still have moving boxes from like I-, I moved into my house like four years ago, and I still have I still haven't unpacked everything because like I buy stuff and that's what I'm unpacking. Yeah. My Amazon yep. packages. Yep, yep. Just constantly. So. We drive to Shonen Jump Chicago, and I, this is my redemption arc. And obviously, you know how this ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we know the ending of this story, I post, but... I post on... So it's my first U.S. event, and the U.S. players do not care about Canada at all. Like, the, we're nothing to them, because our nationals aren't even on metagame. Right. It's just on Polio. So that's where they get our information. Deck lists almost never come up unless someone posts it themselves. But they're they're competitive, right? They're, they're invite only. Yeah. And people just care about Shonen Jumps. And I'm already a fan at this time. Like, you say that I'm part of, like, prehistoric Yu-Gi-Oh! There was a little bit before me <laughs> on that game, which is Comic Odyssey and Team Overdose. I know. Right? But yeah, both of those. Yeah. So so they, they predate me a little bit, but I, I, I'm going to say they're my shadow now, even though I'm, I was on Team Overdose. Yeah. But anyways... <laughs> We get there, we go to the event, and it's the first 2000, it's the first um, time we get to travel as a team, and we, we fully talk about this, that like, hey, it, it's, it doesn't matter which one of us wins, just win. Yeah. And I'm, a, I, I'm regarded as one of the best players in Canada already pretty early. Yeah. Obviously, I don't have that win, but I've, I've topped, there's like four regionals, I've topped every regionals, and... Like I'm, I'm, I, I post on Yu-Gi-Oh on Pojo that um, I remember it. Chicago 2005 Chicago um, champion decklist, and I post, and I'm like, I'll post it when I win on Sunday. Yes, and then I hit enter, and I hit enter, and I can, I'm pretty sure I could find it. Matt, Matt's the one that told me it was on. I thought it was on Yu-Gi-Oh realms, but Matt told me it was on Pojo because Matt would protect me on forums, right? People would flame me and Matt would always protect me. Like, nice. Matt's one of my best friends to date. Like Matt lives down the street. Like we're, <laughs> we're, we're super close. That's actually amazing that you guys are still yeah, like, like close. 
Yeah, super, super close. And Matt, would, Matt and Kyle Duncan would always protect me from trolls online. And, and I love them for that. Before we knew what they really were. I was that personality, right? I'm still, I'm still polarizing at the time. I'm still in, in the GTA, either you love me or you hate me. Because, again, I was only beating up on everyone in our area, right? Yeah. I, didn't, I, I wasn't against U.S. competition. And we finally go, and the, I remember the, the person talking the most trash was someone from Houston named Ryan Serta. He's like, I'll play for anything. I'm like, dude, I, I'll even bet you that I will win this event, and you, you, don't have to, you don't have to place on your own. But obviously at the time, like, you, you don't assume that I'm going to honor that, right? right? So he's like, I'll find you, I'll pay you. So anyways, I'm like, all right, we're, we're driving to the event. We get to our hotel room, and we, we, there's Yu-Gi-Oh players in our lobby. So I travel with Matt Pedal, um, my brother, and Chris Smos, who very good Yu-Gi-Oh player, but he's one of those guys. I'm sure you have him at your local that like phenomenal player, but just didn't travel and, and didn't get those results and just never hit that curve with yeah. that all of us did. And he was that guy, right? So we get to the hotel room and oh, we get to the hotel, we go down to the lobby and we see some Yu-Gi-Oh players and it's, it's Shane, Paul, Carlos. And Roy, Roy St. Clair and like the rest of Team Scoop, like yeah. Justin Gilson, like all of them. Heath. So they don't they don't know our faces. I know their faces, right? I know Paul already. Right. And Paul is like one of the hottest players at the time. He's running off three straight Shonen Jump Tops. So I just I go up to them, I'm like, oh hey, are you you guys want to play for money? And they just kind of look at look at us and they're like, okay, like who are you? Kind of thing, like, oh, my name is Dale. And, and so, so Paul kind of knows who I am because of the forms, right? Paul and Paul was on the forms, like, oh, my name is Dale. He's like, oh, you're, you're Canadian, right? You're the Canadians? So we play for money in their hotel room, and I beat them. Like, oh, I beat sure. them for money, and I saw it. And, and I beat Roy St. Clair. I beat Shane. I beat, I don't think Paul plays me. But so the next event is Shonen Jump San Francisco after mine, after Chicago, right? And I saw it. I, I'm, I'm playing them with... Like, not my best deck. And they, I mean, it, it's, it's my best deck, but I'm siding fun cards. And I, at the time, I'm siding Bazu Return. Okay. Paul, and I beat them for money with Bazu Return. Paul ends up winning the next event with Bazu Return. So I, I, I tell him, I take every credit for your wow. win. He'll never admit it. He'll never admit it. Wow. And if you, look at my, if you look at my top eight deck list, I have a Bazu and a Return in there. Right, and then because that, that, that becomes that the meta for the tournament. Yeah, it yeah. becomes a meta for the next. But, but anyways, we play this event, and I'm like, you know what? We gotta make a name for ourselves. We gotta like, we gotta solidify like Yu-Gi-Oh stardom. I like, like how you said you wanted like the stardom that we had. Yep. I wanted what Team Overdose had and what Team uh, Team Comic Odyssey had, and I was like, I'm already two years behind, a year behind. So we get there. I I, I talk. I meet Jerome for the first time and I'm like, Hey, we're from Canada. Um, these are our credentials. You've seen a few of us. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll do team profile. And I'm the only one that chooses not to play the same deck. All of them play warrior toolbox. And I still like mystic tomatoes. I like recruiters. And my deck list is like, it's called tomato control, but it's more hand control. Like clear out the back rows, attack with Reaper. And I and have a just, question. Just like, yeah. So I was looking at your deck list today, but doing my research for when you won Shonen Jump Champion uh, Chicago. And yeah. I noticed that you don't play MST, but you played three Dust Tornadoes. Is that correct? That you did play 
three dust tornadoes, but no MST. Yeah, I, I think so. That is because I'm looking. So if, when I, so that, right. So I, I don't think I don't know if there really is an actual reason. And obviously, this is the this is the oldest that Yu Gi Oh goes. But when I was looking at it, at first I said, "Oh, MST must have been banned." But then I started scrolling, and the first name is Lazaro Bolito, and he's playing like the Warrior Toolbox with Double Rota. You're playing one, and he's playing MST and two Dust Tornadoes. But then I look at your deck list, the winning deck list, and you're playing three Dust Tornadoes. And at first I'm like, "What the fuck?" And then you also don't play Confiscation, and I was like, "Yo, Dale yeah. is on some yeah. shit." Now I know that you had to have a you knew Confiscation yeah. existed, obviously, but you chose to. We knew Confiscation was bad. We Confiscation wasn't that strong because there wasn't like really power cards you needed to hit. Okay, and you could just kind of run over everything. Yeah, because Graceful just got banned, Pot just got banned, Duo just got banned. Oh, I don't know about Graceful, but. I think I think the Trinity just got banned for this event. Yeah, I don't think I saw anyways, any like, of those in yeah, I don't think I saw any of those in the decks. The pod graceful duo thing. Yeah. But yeah, Com- Comfy wasn't that strong at the time. So yeah. you were like fuck and also it's uh, probably not good going second too. Yeah, for sure. And um yeah, we get to the event, I play them for money. Um day two starts or day one starts. And this is like the first time where like I'm starstruck again. I've I played big events, but like now I'm a, now I don't know anyone here. They're all Americans. Yeah. And in round one, Lazaro plays Brian Cornell, which is on on um, team overdose. Team overdose, like one of my he, he was at the time my favorite player, and I was just like, oh shit, um, Lazaro. <laughs> Lazaro's probably gonna go round one loss. I play Jordan Nasser. Um, he's a guy that like has a few tops down the line. Round one, and I beat him by I I vividly remember. He has a stealth bird. I hit it face up with the breaker after I break something. I snatch it and I kill him with his own stealth bird. Oh shit! But Lazaro comes back and he beats Brian Cornell, and I'm just like, all right, these guys ain't shit. So at <laughs> this I, point, Lazaro was actually like good too. He's already because he also top. So Lazaro's actually the worst player on our team at the time. Lazaro <laughs> is, is is trash, and this is the only time I can say this. Right. Like Lazaro is not that good. Lazaro is is. From us four, he's probably the worst, right? right? And he beats one of the best. I at the time, I believe the best player on Overdose, and he beats him. And I'm just like, oh, dude, Lazaro beat them, and, and yeah. Lazaro beat their best player. Our worst player beat their best player. So round two, I I, I don't know if on the metagame website it's, it's I'm against a Miss Betty Joe Betty Ruth Black or something like that, and this lady almost single handedly ends my dream in round two. Damn. She, like, I go, I, I remember this. I go, I go, summon Don's and Luke attack. She pitches Karibo. I call her Karibo lady. She pitches a Karibo. <laughs> Not Karibo lady. <laughs> yeah. She, and, and Karibo, and I'm like, all right, whatever. I was going to hit a card out of hand. And I, all I have is Don's and Luke. Right. And she you're, goes you're on like, her turn. Karibo's good enough. Yeah. She goes, snatch Don. And I, in my hand, I have, um, um, a tomato. She just snatches Dawn, and I have like another dead card. Right. So you want hand. that tomato? I want the tomato because I'm going to go into a Reaper. She yeah. attacks. She hits the tomato. I'm like, great, right? So I I don't have an out to my own Dawn, and she snatches. So I draw, and I draw Reaper. So I set Reaper. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll buy some turn, gain some life points. Her turn, she tributes for Air Knight, and like oh, no, this no. is game three. So Air Knight is just she's just hitting every time. Every time I draw, like she hits an Air Knight. Hits my Reaper, draws a card. I I literally have to top deck. I top deck a Breaker just to answer the the Air Knight to, to crash heads. I literally go like runner, 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 runner to win this game. Jesus. And Matt was watching the whole thing, 
and Matt's laughing. Like at the time, he's like, "You, you almost got destroyed by my mom, who's driving some someone else's kid to the tournament." Right, right. Like you almost lost oh, her, lady. Oh man, she uh, almost ends the dream. She's like super close. She doesn't know how close she is. And um, anyways, I, I we make it to the second last round of Swiss, and I play Matt. So. The craziest thing about this event is the second round. So the last, I'll say in the last round of Swiss. Second last round of Swiss, I play Matt, and Matt's just like also very confident in himself. Matt's like, just take the win. You can have the win. I'm like, you sure? He's like, yeah. I'll just beat my next opponent. I'm like, all right, appreciate it. I'll take the win. So last round is I'm perfect, and the other four team members, uh, we had one other guy, Jason Tan. Okay. On the team, he was 7-2 already, what? or 6-2, so he couldn't talk. Jason Tan sounds familiar. Yeah, he, he comes second. So he has a bunch of tops later on, too. Like, okay. a handful of tops. He comes second at Nationals the year before. That's how he joins our team. Yeah. But, like, Lazaro's X1, Matt Pedal is X1, and Chris Samos is X1. And I'm like, oh, we're good. we could take half of top eight. Um, anyways, Lazaro plays Matt. They get paired against each other in the last round. Damn. Chris Moss plays uh, Augustin Herrera, who he has is another race yeah. line. Yeah, he's on Monarch. Chris loses, and um, Lazaro beats Matt. And Matt didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. And um, I lose as well. So I don't go perfect. I lose the very last round. And Matt doesn't get in on breakers, which sucks. Yeah, that really sucks. If, if, you, if you know Matt, similar to Joe... Joe Girolando yeah, is one of the best players to never have a win. Yep. He was the to original. Never have a win. I think he's like the original yeah. of that archetype of person. Yeah. And I, and the, there's something I'll speak to that after. And I don't know Joe that well, but I know Matt very well. And I, I think it's just the, the type of player they are, which isn't, is, is why they're super successful, but also a detriment to not getting to like the that, finish line. Yeah. That last little bit. Yeah. But anyway, so, so Matt loses and I play Lazaro. I mean, and Lazaro tops. And we're in top eight. And at the time, it's it's a ve- it's my my first full experience of Shonen Jump top eights. They give decklists out, and I'm playing against Matt. Puts my um, builds my opponent's deck, and his deck was way ahead of his time. It's it's at the time it's like Cyber Dragons, Decoichis, Chaos Sorcerer. Yeah, like, I noticed that. Yo, when I was looking yeah, at the top Bryce. eight, I was like, holy shit, this yeah. guy was like ahead of the game. Yeah, Bryce Bryce T- Edwards or Bryce Thompson's deck was definitely the best built deck at the time yeah but i think i took advantage of him going so matt plays me and matt like five owes me at night and i'm just like oh my god i'm gonna lose to this guy <laughs> so we go to to that event and i remember how i beat him he goes he goes set like two or three back rows and set um Dikoichi first turn so i draw i go set storm set tomato and he draws he just flips Dekoichi attack, I get Reaper because I have another tomato in hand, and yeah. he just sets another back row. Oh, and no. I go draw flip, pro storm and uh double reaper shot him. No, so okay. he has like one card, before, one or two cards, like my six. You you destroy him before you go any you further. Destroy him. Before so, you go any further, it, it, I have a question. Yeah. Because when I was looking at your final round feature match, like the grand finals, I'm pretty sure you pro yeah. heavy than the finals as well. And, yeah. and I want to ask, like, are you the guy who invented Pro Heavy or like what is going on with the Pro Heavy thing? Because so, I, it, it's it's very hard to find. It, it's hard to find proof, but there is a, a 
a comment on Pojo where I was pro-storming people back when we had Imperial, Feather Duster. Like, I was doing it back in 2004 Nationals. So, hard to, sh- hard to say, but, like, I, I could be, a, like, I, I tell people I'm the originator of the pro-storm. Yeah. Because I was doing it in 2003, 2004. Woo! And I'll tell you this. In, in the States, especially, like, so I'm from the Philly area, but I'm also, like, tri-state. So, like, New York is close to me. Jersey's close to me. Maryland, Baltimore, all that stuff. Um. And where I'm from, like in this area, Pro Storm was like every scrub wanted to do that play. That was like the fucking yeah. ultimate. Like you know what I mean? That's everyone's like, favorite play. Every dog. everyone you, thinks they're so cool if they could get a fucking Pro think, Storm off. Like if they could set heavy watching, storm. <laughs> if you like, let's say like two people are playing, and for whatever reason, people are watching that match. If somebody in that match does a pro heavy, it's like. It's like you just saw a womp. Like the crowd goes wild. Like yeah. people pop off if they see somebody do a pro heavy. It pro was so heavy funny. was so it happened pretty often. Like people would get excited when they would see it. Yeah, that's the <laughs> most like I don't know what the like cookie cutter play. People love that shit. They read it and they read it yeah. on metagame, and they were like, "Oh, Dale's so broken. He's so cool." I, I thought the same thing too, but I was always afraid to do it. Like I did it. Don't get me wrong. I've done it sometimes, but for the most part, I knew how powerful Heavy Storm was, and it made me so scared to lose it setting it. So I was I I could I had very little confidence with setting Heavy Storm, but you got that shit off a lot, and you got it off in like big matches that mattered yeah so it the reason why i was able to get it off if you look at my deck list i have a lot of spell trap removal yep so i have double mobius so it's okay if i lose that i don't mind if i lose that yeah that makes sense like the mentality of being able to do that and like people couldn't do it because like hey they didn't play that much yeah you played three dustrado everything yeah you definitely did have a lot of removal yeah so like obviously i was hedging hedging my bets there a bit yeah, but okay, yeah, I mean, I, I pro storm, I pro storm Bryce, I pro storm Paul, and then I pro storm Carlos. Oh, so the whole the, t- the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So they all got the work, right? Like <laughs> all of them got it, and I made sure in my one feature match in top eight to tell them that, hey, Carlos, I did this exact same thing to your teammate. Yeah, minutes ago. Yeah, I think that's a comment in the actual uh, feature match. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, I get my win, and unsurmountable joy oh, part okay. of it my, my, I know you, like you can experience this you, you can attest to how you feel at this time but i was more happy that i didn't have to answer all the shit talk i did online yep about yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. and and this is the turning point where i become like polarizing canada to being the people's champion of like dale put us on his back and yeah um Carried the flag, carried carried the Canadian flag through the states and brought it back with with the crown on it, type of thing. And unfortunately, two thousand five is where I peaked in Yu Gi Oh, and that is almost twenty years ago. Wow, don't say that. Like I, 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 I as Yu Gi Oh history goes on, like I have a very celebrated career. Yes, um, yes, you do. The far surpasses my. Um, my level and which is, is so crazy is still, right because it, he yeah. wasn't originally the chosen one right like he wasn't he never set out to be the chosen one and he ended up because like for a, for a period of time lazaro was considered the best Yu-Gi-Oh player of all time there was a period yeah. where lazaro was considered i mean lazaro left on top like no one can honestly say that they yeah. surpassed him while he was actively playing really like he kind of left while being the best player like i remember like wanting to first of all winning one Shonen Jump 
or one YCS or whatever the fuck they call it. Winning one is hard enough. Like, it's super hard. But he won, like, three of them or something. And and one of them was the Costa Mesa one where, like, they gave out every single prize card and a trophy, which I still think that's, like, the best trophy that they've ever given out to this. Like, even 2022, yeah. that is still the best trophy of all time. Also, it's probably worth so much more than every other trophy. Yeah, but it's no longer in our possession, so... Oh, shit, that, really? That's, talk about the big loss. It's that. The big loss. What's it, this it, story? It's just, no, it, the big loss is like we sold it. Oh, shit. Okay, you eventually yeah. did sell it. So, so I, I come back to Yu-Gi-Oh! So, like, fast forward 10 years. Yeah. 2015. Yep. Um, I come back to Yu-Gi-Oh! Because there's a buyer for this trophy. And for the longest time, it's just sitting in our parents' display case. And we're like, oh, uh, I, I'm not going to... I don't want to mention how much we sell it for. Yeah, because yeah, what yeah. is worth now is insane. And um it 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 makes us sick to think about it here's here's the thing in 2020 the collectibles market not just Yu-Gi-Oh, but just collectibles across the board skyrocketed in a way that no human being could ever have predicted no one yes could ever i even make this joke a lot of time because like you know steven silverman goes to my local and a lot of other people who collect really really expensive cards i was telling them how if you think about it every trade we've ever made in our Yu-Gi-Oh lives has been incorrect because of what 2020 yeah. did to the collectibles market. Every trade I've ever done in my entire life has been a mistake. I should have held every card I ever bought. Like, obviously, this is hyperbole, but you get what I mean. The yeah. market it accelerated so ridiculous in 2020 that now yeah. the old things that you had in your collection, old things that I had in my collection that I sold, like, for example, Ultimate Judgment Dragon. Judgment Dragon came out ulti, and I remember buying them for like maybe like $80 a piece at one point, and then I sold them for like $400 a piece. And I don't know, 2019 or beginning of 2020. And they just went up even like they just went up way more than that. And it's just everything I've ever sold that I thought I made really good money on. Like technically I didn't because just the way the cards are, they're worth so much. DDS blue eyes. I had DDS blue eyes. Those things are worth thousands of dollars now. Like it's crazy. Oh, it's it's, it's sickening to think about it, but it's just, it's what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, a dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow, but you can't predict the future. I know now if I buy anything as a collectible, I'm not selling it until like, it's like just an absurd value. You know what I mean? Like now, now I know, okay, this is what it, this is what it becomes in 20 when you let something wait for 20 years, you're going to see a crazy return. That's how I look at it now. But yeah, I, that, that trophy is uh iconic. It had, yeah. a prize, it had a crush card in it, right? Like that was one of them. It was, yeah, it was the first five. It was right before June Calder. Yep. So, so it's, it's like Cyberstein. Yeah, does Volskaf. It's Silverman. I message before I sell this trophy. I'm like, what do you think I can get for it? And he tells me half the amount. He's like, if you get that, get it, take it. And yeah. I still have the message. Like, Silverman gets bothered by me asking him the value of shit. <laughs> like, Silverman's cool. Silverman has always been. Yeah nice to me he, he's amazing right yeah he's and, not he's not gonna be like a really good because he's a he's basically a vendor who's also really good at the game at the same time which is it's rare that you see someone who like buys cars trades cards in a really high level but also plays the game at a high level too yeah and he's like celebrated across multiple games right yes. it's not just yeah he, he was he was an amazing versus system player yep when i, I played versus and i was like it was to me my fun game when you go was my competitive game yeah. and this guy was just Racking shit up, and then to see transferable skills in different games, you you almost didn't see it. You still don't really see it. Um, there's yeah. there are a few players like magic players that decide to 
cross over to Yu-Gi-Oh! And some Yu-Gi-Oh! that try to cross over to Magic, but not at like that super high level that Silverman had. Like yeah, Silver, Silverman is the GOAT too. Like he is probably the least, the most underrated. And I, I not to say that like he's not rated properly. Like Silverman is in Yu-Gi-Oh! history. People should know his name. Yeah, like, well, you know what's funny? Silver. I always talk about this on a podcast, but it's so funny to me that he won the last in real life YCS. Like he is the reigning YCS champion right now. It's been for two years because they haven't had an event and he was going to get a chance to run it back this week, this week coming up, yeah. but they canceled it. Um, he's been talking, you know, at the local, he's been talking about how he wants to get a chance to like go back to back and stuff, but he, he barely plays now, but he still has a chance yeah. because he's still, he's like, people are still bad. People will always be bad. And at the end of the day, like when you have that X factor, you just have that X factor. And I believe in it. I believe in that X factor. Like I believe that we have that thing, that spark, that like the all spark or whatever you want to call it. That just makes us like yeah. a little bit chosen to, to be winners. Yeah. We never lose it. I, I, it's, 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 it's tied into like this nice package of confidence and, and critical thinking yeah. and just understanding that I know if I invest just a little bit more time, yep. I will be better than you type of thing. Yep. That's exactly and, how I feel about Yu-Gi-Oh a lot. Like, I feel like if I were to jump back in even right now and I really tried, like I put the time yeah. in and I tried, I'll immediately be one of the best players currently playing again. Like I have absolute confidence that that would be a thing. I believe that. And, and I don't know if you saw like, um, have, have you, it seems like Ken's not here, but um the magnitude gaming magnitude gaming like um you Yu channel no what is is it a twitch channel or a youtube channel no it, it's just a youtube channel that like they they do the top 50 Yu-Gi-Oh players of all time oh wow there's like a quick video like you're in it mccabe's in it it's i, I it's funny i don't see silverman but it, it's crazy he that should be yeah he should be in it and definitely top 50 100 uh, percent. he is yeah he's yeah. But it's based off tops, right? And and you're very like you're you're high up there too. Like to be top fifty is something crazy, especially a game that's been around for like almost twenty years, or maybe maybe coming yeah. up into twenty years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the crazy thing about Lazaro is Lazaro is heavily retired from twelve years ago, and he's still twelve on that list, which that's, is insane. That's crazy. That is but absolutely he had, crazy. He had a crazy kill streak. Like the kill streak is like. When he went on his, his like, his success kind of came overnight. Like, no one really expected it. He was, at the time, just, like, a very um, good deck builder. Yeah. Like, Lazaro invented Lazaro invented a lot of decks that people find popular. Like, Ken would probably like this. Lazaro invented the, the original, like, Monarch deck that got became super popular that eventually got dubbed Spicer Monarchs. But Lazaro invented that deck. Oh, okay. And, and, and similar to before Jeff taking the guard of like the top innovator, yeah. it was Lazaro chain and um, Lazaro's also quiet. And that's, that's so him and McCabe remind me of each yeah. other a lot. Like Lazaro's yeah. like super McCabe. He's like the super version yeah. of him. Like if, if, if McCabe went super Saiyan, he would transform into Lazaro because McCabe has gotten second at two YCS. So he lost to me. He lost to Patrick Hoban in the finals. Yeah. He's also, he's going to worlds. He has 
gotten third at like two or three Shonen Jump slash YCSs. So he has like extremely high credentials. He has a lot of tops, like 16 plus tops. So he's a lot of tops and they're all like Shonen Jumps and like YCSs and stuff like that. So, well, I guess mostly YCS because I think that's when we both started to like, but he's like a really, but he's quiet. He's a really, really, really decorated player. But because he's so quiet, I don't think people really realize how good McCabe actually is. Whereas like, yeah. And like Lazaro's so quiet. Like he doesn't Lazaro, I didn't never seen I've never seen Lazaro on duelist grounds arguing with someone. You know what I mean? Where I might no. go on duelist grounds and if there's an argument happening, I might literally see Dale post a comment and like go back and forth. Over there. Yes. And I, I'm getting defended by Matt because I said something dumb and my foot's in my mouth. But <laughs> yeah. Matt is the good guy to take me out of it. Exactly. But like it's funny that McCabe has like second places, two second places and like worlds. Lazaro actually, so before he goes on his run in a span of Eight months. Um, Lazaro goes second, second, first, first, second, first. Oh my god! Yeah. So Lazaro racks up a shitload of prize cards, and when I tell you, like swinging start at the playground, you better believe that I was putting his crush card that he won and his gold start in my deck, destroying people at locals. Yeah. Oh my and, god! And putting them in the worst decks possible. Yeah, just you're... to be like, <laughs> crush carding somebody is crazy. With the original crush card? Yeah. It was oh. a crazy run. And it was just like, it came overnight. He was he was a consistent player at the time. Um, He was getting, he was consistently topping. But like his his stardom just just shot. At like, what point do you guys he, he join? Does. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, at what point do you guys join Overdose? Because I remember Overdose used to have, I, I, I it sounds like part of it because of you guys, but like crush cards, yeah. like that was a thing. Like you guys had, like, that was part of yeah. the thing that we always, me and Silverman used to always say, if you win a crush card, you you keep it and then you win another one with it. And like yes, you exactly. don't like you don't sell your first crush card. You use it to get more crush cards. And that was like a that yep. was like the mindset is because that card was that ridiculous. Okay. And, and it's so funny we say that because when Lazaro wins Costa Mesa, we already sold the crush card and he wins without it. But <laughs> wow. But for us, we didn't so very different than the Yu-Gi-Oh players of today and not take away from them is we didn't have as many events and yeah. we, we only stayed on East coast and the East coast. We only stayed where we could drive. It was very, it's very expensive to fly from Canada, like, like infinite expensive plus a hotel. Plus our, our dollar is way shittier than yours. Oh yeah. So I, I could not, I could not hit SJC Honolulu to make it 22. I cannot go to Kansas right. to make it 22. Right. And it just, it, it sucks, but it's, it's what it is. We made, we made best with what we can. And this is where it was Matt's mom literally driving us. Like yeah. we're broke. She we're came high school. Kids. Yeah. You're kids. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're kids. Right. Like, yeah. and, and I got a shout out to Matt's mom. Yeah. <laughs> let's give a shout out. Round of applause to Matt's mom. to Matt's mom. Matt's mom, like. everyone. I mean, she was, she was clutch. She, she was the Miss Leverett before there was a Miss Leverett. Driving the duelist. Literally, she was driving around the best players in the world to events the same way Miss Leverett drove Patrick Hoban and the boys, her kids, to events, which Hoban became the best player in the world. Lo and behold, yeah. there's a woman who's super nice driving him around with pillows and shit. Like, with the support. And, and, and it's funny, she upgraded her van to get a DVD player in the back for us. And she oh, thought about, like, hey, yeah, yeah, she was. So clutch. I feel like so you guys clutch. wouldn't be nearly as successful without this lady. Like, this is how insane she 
<laughs> she's that good. Well, she planned. She planned everything. She's just like, hey, we're leaving on this time. She would make sure that she left work early, that we could all make it. And blessing, true blessing. Yeah. And we we don't actually. So Frazier, we don't join Overdose till the original Overdose members tend to fade off. Okay. So the very the core Overdose, they add. They end up adding Shane and Paul and Adam. Yep. And. After Chris and Lazar playing the finals of um, Perovic of Costa Mesa, of Costa Mesa, yep, um, we join together on that next event in Columbus. Like we're like we've been collabing forever. Like at that time, we yeah. every time we had like a super friends decklist profile, Paul Levitin is in that picture, right? Yeah. like he'll take our deck every time. So we finally uh, we joined forces then, and at that time. Chris and Anthony are kind of already out the door, so it's just to carry the overdose flag and keep it at a super high level, and we do it for as as long as possible. And yeah, because I remember when you guys joined Overdose, like when you said you mentioned Shane, I got Shane, Paul, Adam, and then you guys. I yeah. I, re- I remember being, you know, at this at this point, like I'm I'm a high teenager. I'm like pretty pretty old in my teenage years, but because this is like Teledad, I remember yeah. thinking to myself. There is no fucking way they should be allowed to be all on one team. Like those, pl- yeah. like those players with all of those wins, all of those tops. And also, Adam was fucking insane. Uh, he just wouldn't stop yeah. topping everything he touched. His biggest streak. He did ten in a row, right? He did more than that. I think Adam's streak is sixteen or something like that. Adam, it was okay. It was so bad. I, I mean, it might be exa- it might be exaggeration, but Adam Adam's streak was so ridiculous that I used to say to my friend Thomas. If Adam attends the event, it's actually a top 15 event. It's not top 16 because one spot is going to Adam because he literally topped every single event he went to for a very long time. And it was just it was just like guaranteed uh, back then. And, you know, I, at this time, I didn't know anything about all the other crazy stories that you end up hearing later on in life. But like he was just from what I understand, like at, at my at my naive young age, just the goat i was like this guy just tops and he's a kid too he's young i think he's like the youngest person he's pretty young he won nationals and then he just keeps on like topping everything and just kind of kind of like innovating too and what was scary about it was when you would read his feature matches he would destroy his opponents those feature matches still to this day i think they stand the test of time they would just be so excited like they would just be so i remember i'll never forget there's a i think it's a finals of a shonen jump championship he has two solemn judgments face down and he never, ever uses them the entire match. It's a Teledad mirror match. It's like him playing Teledad. I don't know if it's the finals or it's like top eight, but he's playing a Teledad mirror match and he has two solemn judgments set and he never at any point in the entire game uses these two solemn judgments. He wins the entire game without using them. And I thought that as a kid, that blew my fucking mind. I cannot tell you because there were there were moments when I was reading a paragraph and I'm like, oh, he's going to solemn finally. And he just doesn't. He just lets it go. And he just keeps playing and he never uses them. He just wins without uh, mind blowing, mind blowing. I'll never forget that shit. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's amazing. Adam was kind of handed from Emon this, this, you, you are the next one. Right? Yeah. And it was between like, Adam and Lazaro were the two going back and forth. Yep. And uh, be it as it may, they, they both end very, very high up. And yeah, uh, Overdose is, is a phenomenal, was a dominant force, super dominant force, even by today's measures with teams yeah, now. Even today's we, measures, that team is still the number of wins you guys have. 
I think they're the most they're by they're the most known team. Like that's the most known name in yeah. terms of Yu-Gi-Oh teams by far. I think. Yeah, it, it's it's probably surpassed by one team, which is ARG. Yeah, but it's it's yeah. not. So but they became a the business. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're different. They're different levels of every other team. Yeah. Um, but they are like ARG is the new overdose if you want to yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we became like the at the time the modern because now we're not modern anymore but we were the modern yeah. overdose like you had patrick hoban billy brick jeff jones me like alistair yeah. it was just ridiculous like every like alex van sant like that team that ryan spicer i think was on it at one point and like we were all on a banner and i was thinking to myself like it is so crazy to me that i used to dream about being on a team of like super friends essentially like people who are just absurd and now I'm yeah. literally on that exact thing. Like in 2010, 2011, 2012, I was thinking that like that, this is so weird. Like five years ago, like 20, 2005, and then flash forward to 2010, I get my first win, my first top. And then I go on a tear after my first, because like it's all mental. So after I topped and, yep. and yep. won, it like it, it released something in me that made me like, this isn't that hard. Like people, they're not better than you. you you're actually just, you're good. Like, you know what you're doing. You're confident. You've done it already. Also, that takes a big stress off. Like I already won. So win or lose yeah. going into every round, exactly. like I already won. So, and people are scared of you too. They're terrified. I'm sure you've had you it happen. Go ahead. Love that. I, you, you, <laughs> you have infinite stories of free wins. Me too. I have like, oh yeah. Dog. It, it's like, I can't tell you how many times yeah, I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've, I've been sitting because I like to get to the table first just so I can yeah. face the clock. I'll literally be sitting there shuffling my deck, getting my setup out, my spell ground, my, you know, all my shit. And then my opponent will literally walk up and be like, oh, fuck, I just know I'm going to lose. And I like you said, I love that. Like, I already know I won this round. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's so funny because like, so I don't obviously play competitive now yeah. and I, I am still connected to like very high level Yu-Gi-Oh players like like Jesse for example. Yes. And Jesse would 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 help me what I would believe instantly because I've known Jesse since he was like seven years old. Yeah, actual child. Yeah. Literally a child. I've I've known him ever since the beginning of his Yu-Gi-Oh career and like very early in his life. I've known him for more years than like he hasn't been like <laughs> hasn't known me. Yeah. Right? Yes. And which is wild. And Jesse has this like this not love for me but like not re- not respect like i'm regarded in the yugo like i have i don't play often yeah. i don't play at all yeah but like i'm kind of like the godfather of Can- canadian yugio right? yeah and no you are just, for sure they, they, they come to help me and i i still kind of keep myself relevant and not to the fact that like it boosts my ego at all it, it's more so because i love the game and it's one of my it, it is on my deathbed I will talk about Yu-Gi-Oh. Me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we spent it's, it's, a big part of our childhood. That's what we did. Like, I gave my childhood when, like, when I think about what I did with my life uh, before I became, you know, an accountant, and like, you know, now I'm I'm a content creator, which I didn't, I didn't, I never saw this coming. Like that, I would be doing this podcast and stuff like that. But the the first twenty years of my life, I gave to Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, I literally, that's what yeah. I did with my life. I did the exact same, and a lot of the skills that I learned in Yu-Gi-Oh. And the personality that I built and and the identity that that came about this helped me in my career. Like, I agree. Like I it, it just it, it shaped me for the better and I would have never known that at the time. And it, it's given me the best friends that I've had that I'll ever have. I don't Yeah. I'll true. never find better friends. And it's 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 
If I could say anything to the Yu-Gi-Oh players of today's age is is cherish these moments like as much as you can. Yeah. And, and cherish the friends that you make and it's it's their family like it, it's insane. I I love it. I like love you it said, all. Matt Petal lives down the street from you, and that's that's huge because I can attest to like I I just thought about it as you said it, and it's kind of obvious, but I don't know why I never really thought about it. All of my friends, like my closest friends, are all Yu-Gi-Oh players. Every single one of them. Yes. Every yeah. single one of like Kenny, fucking Silverman, yeah. McCabe, Gus, Xavier, like every single one of my closest friends is a Yu-Gi-Oh player. Every single one. Yeah. Yeah. We. I mean, we met at uh, Red Cat. In 2010. 10. Yeah, we met before. You went I always, I always, Yeah, I always think it's 09, but it's 2010. It's 2010. January 2010 is when I remember you first coming to Red Cap. I hadn't won. I hadn't topped. I topped a ton of regionals. In Philly, I was a fucking monster. Like That's I, why it's funny, though, when you hear Fraser talk. Because, once again, I knew... Like, <laughs> me and him became really, really good friends before he won a YCS, right? But it's funny because yeah. in Philly... Like nobody, act, like nobody could really like at least in a, like Steve Silverman and stuff. But a lot of the people couldn't beat him. Like he'd go to any local and he'd be like, "Well, Fraser probably won." It Unless- was so bad in my area, Dale, that at, yeah. at Red Caps Corner, the local that we eventually went to, because our old local got closed, so we started going to the place called Red Caps Corner. They would have tournaments, and people would not enter when they looked at the sign up sheet and saw my name on it. They would pay him not to enter. Yeah. So the, the local people that ran the store paid Fraser not to enter. Yeah. The local would say, here, how about this? Every time you come, because we, we really can't not let you enter if you want to, right? They were like, so to incentivize you to not enter the tournament so that we can get an actual turnout, we'll just pay you to not enter the tournament, which was, and, and I, I didn't think about at the time, like how fucking broken that was. <laughs> yeah. But like that no, was how polarizing it was. Broken. Yeah. But, you know what? There's no other player. Yeah, you might be the only one. Like, I, I'm pretty sure. Because if that happens to me, I'm telling people. I'm yeah, telling I didn't think it. Bro, when it was happening, I literally didn't think anything of it. I kind of was like, I told, I told my friends, like, it kind of made me a little sad. Um, because I wanted to compete. Like, my whole thing was, yeah. I like to compete. I, even though it was kind of like swinging my sword in the playground, I still yeah. like to swing my fucking sword in the playground. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I still wanted to do it. Like, I wanted to take my literal top tier deck and beat the shit out of people who were playing like plants or something like some deck that just wasn't 100%. even so like when they were just not into they would look at the sign up sheet and be like i ain't playing tonight fraser's playing and i'm like damn i can't even get any yeah. store credit because like that was my way of getting store credit and stuff but they ended up paying me for it so it ended up working out in a weird way but then that year it got worse because then i won and then, yeah. and, and then people were really like absolutely yeah. not like fuck off i've never played in this local this but that's what's it's so funny to me because i remember like we would just hang out all the time i played Yu-Gi-Oh, not nearly as compact i just played i enjoyed going to locals and stuff and then i would go hang out with you we would play melee and shit um just random crap but it, it's funny because you know you talk about how it was a mental thing and how you know when you would go you were nervous until you won your first top and uh, YCS was your first win, but it's funny because there was a, there was a playground where there was no reason to be nervous. You you demolished everybody, yeah. but then there was another amusement park above a playground that yeah. you hadn't broken into. And then once you broke into it, you know it was it was a different game. Yeah, it's interesting how it works because I have to believe to some degree that like it's definitely mental. 
it doesn't make sense to me that I never top, and I, I was I was going to Shonen Jump Championship, so I went to the one that Jeff won with a uh, quick draw dandelion or whatever, um, the seventy fifth yeah, in Edison. Yes, I went to oh, Edison, okay. and I got you know I got thirty four for thirty six at Edison, so I was really close. I went ten and two. Super close. I was ten and two, so I was ten and two with Machina gadgets, and I lost the tiebreakers. Obviously, I got thirty four for thirty six. And that hurt me really bad. And so that would have been my first hop. And that's the same year I ended up winning. So that was the first event of the year. That was the first or second event. Because Silverman actually won. I think Silverman won the first event of the year, which was the California. The last one. Yeah, Twilight, right? Yeah, he won, he won California, which was the first event. And I won the last event of the year. And to yeah. me, it was crazy. Because when Silverman won, I was so, so jealous. I was like, wow, <laughs> this fucking guy. Because at the time, I couldn't really travel. I'd never flown before. So my first time yeah. ever getting on an airplane was also at YCS Atlanta. I never flew in my life. At least a, maybe I flew when I was a baby or something. But I never flew as an adult or anything until YCS Atlanta. So when Silverman flew to Cali and then won the fucking event, I was like, damn, Philly finally has a champion, but it's not me. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. <laughs> how you described in your story. You were like, this guy did better than me, but it's not me. Like I wanted yeah. it to be me, and then I ended up. Winning. It, it, it's just uh, so weird how life happens. It's like, well, you get your redemption, but now this fucker has two wins, and I don't plan to play again, so I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> yeah, no, no, and I know you're you're very similar to me, where you want to solidify your legacy more. Like an, an extra win doesn't really do anything more for you. It doesn't to anyone else's eyes, but to you, it does. Yes, and just like yeah. me, like for for. Lazaro loves Yu-Gi-Oh equally as much as I do, but he doesn't need to come back because he's done it all. And like, I have, yeah. I'm, I'm still in a shadow, right? And and I, we all cast a shadow on somebody else, but yeah, to be in someone's shadow, especially someone so close, like Silverman, is probably like a brother to you. Yeah, I've known him for literally like 20 years at this point. Yeah, and so, Lazaro like figuratively, like actually, my brother. Yeah, and actually. Yeah. He's but the younger it, it, brother. It's so weird. It, it yeah, like it, it's. And um, there are things that I still, future. there's things that I still want to do. Like I want to go to worlds. Um, you probably think the exact same thing as me. If I go to worlds, I can win worlds. That's it's what like, I think. I really believe that. Yes, yes. We have these. We have very similar mindset. Like we're, <laughs> we're pretty much very very similar. Like yeah. our mindset. I really feel like if I went to Worlds, I'm like, God damn it. How do you guys fuck this up every time? Yeah. <laughs> how do you guys fuck this up? Lazaro went to Worlds and played Lightsworn. I'm like, why, why did you play Lightsworn? Why? <laughs> what were the decks? What was the right deck to play at that time? Gladiator Beast. Oh, because, yeah. Okay, so Lazaro, Lazaro would have had... And Lazaro's a Gladiator Beast king. Yeah. And this guy plays Lightsworn. Yeah. He he, tried he's going to gonna he's gonna listen to this. But <laughs> he's going to hear it. <laughs> He's gonna hear this, and he, be it as it may, Shane was Shane and Lazaro both were going to Worlds that same year, and Lazaro wasn't sure on a deck list, and Shane doesn't doesn't get his passport in time, and Shane didn't. Shane had like a Gladiator Beast deck built, similar to the guy who wins the event with Andal, like the the vanilla monster. Yeah, but yeah, Lazaro just doesn't get a deck together, and uh, it's at the time where it's very hard to communicate. Um, for him in Germany, back home here, because like internet, his laptop, yeah. blah, 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 that stuff. It's not, it's, it's not so easy to communicate as it is now. So he doesn't, we, we can't talk often. But yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that 
chain doesn't go and then Lazaro plays Lightsworn and Lightsworn is the biggest like Lightsworn has cost me more tops than it's given me. Like I'm the first to ever talk with Lightsworn and I just I just have such an attachment to the deck, but it's cost me like so many show me like, jump. Tops. You mean playing it and then losing with it and, and not topping because of because of you played it? Yeah. Yeah, like, I know that feeling. I've played some decks I, that I, I, I really wanted. Maybe I had success with it and I wanted to top with it again. For example, yeah. uh, one of my biggest mistakes is fucking playing Karakuri for YCS. I played Karakuri like on a Friday tournament before YCS and I won. Yeah. So there's a bunch of duelists from all over the country. You know, everyone comes on Friday. And there was a tournament. This is back when they were doing this is like 2011. And they were doing all of these like Friday tournaments. That was like a thing that was happening. It was like, oh, Xbox to Xbox 360 tournament or PlayStation 3 tournament. Yeah, so yeah. I ended up playing it and I ended up winning the fucking Xbox with a, with the Karakuri deck, but it wasn't my real deck. My real deck was plants. So then I said, wait a second. I just won with this. I beat all the plant decks. Maybe this is what I should play for the YCS. I got snake charmed and I played Karakuri and I got fucking creamed. <laughs> and that like and then i i still wanted to talk with karakuri and i'm like why don't i let this shit go i want an xbox but it's not that serious but i couldn't let it go i wanted to talk with it so bad and that just if i would just played plants every single event like everyone else i probably would have had yeah. one or two more tops yeah you would you would have had to make me play for like another one or two years to make sure i, I was <laughs> ahead of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but um, i love that i love that it's it's funny you say that because I caught, I'm pretty sure I cost Lazaro another win. And wow, not many people know this story because we only had one crush card left. And Lazaro just like, he was always, always let me do what I wanted to do. Yeah. And there was an indie that he's in top 16 without a crush card. And he ends up losing because he has a card. He draws a card that's not the crush card that would have been the crush card, but he lets me play it. In a Wing Rhinos Apprentice Robin Goblin deck. I took a crush card and put it in a deck with Apprentice Magician and Wing Rhinos to play at a to play at a Shonen Jump. Oh my god. I go 0-2 with a crush card in my deck, and oh, Lazaro man. loses in <laughs> No <laughs> The story isn't talked about enough, but and it's because I was crushing people at locals with this Wing Rhinos deck, and I just wanted to be innovative. But innovative was innovation is not my thing. Technical plays my thing, similar to you, Frazier. Same. I'm not the and, I'm not the innovator. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, we try, I try to be the innovator, and then I do stuff. I do dumb stuff like that, right? And yeah, cost, same. Costs are win. Yeah, but, um, my innovation definitely does the same thing. It's like I fucking I'm a scientist in the lab, and the shit starts blowing up. Yeah. Like I've gotten, I'm sure you've gotten away with some of it though. Cause I've gotten away with some of it. Like for example, one of my last tops, I think it's in 2015 or 2016, but I topped with combining magic specters with metal foes and made a 51 card top. deck. That's that, that deck oh, is yeah. a fucking rant. Like it's, a, it, it should not work. It's so random. No one else. I don't think anyone has ever played it outside of me. i literally made it up. I told my friend Shu Ping who like he went on to become a YCS champion and uh, he won the UDS belt yeah, and everything yeah. like that. So he's really big now too. But like he told me, he's like, you're fucking crazy. Do not play that. Like just play metal foe. Like do not enter this YCS. I was like, shoo, I've already won. I don't need, like, already won. I just want to yeah. do, I just want to do shit that I like. I just want to style on people with my random 51 card deck. And he would like berate me and shit. And then I would go and top it. And then he, you know, at the time he didn't top it. And I was like, look at, look at me. Look, I almost won. I was like, I almost won with this shitty yeah. deck that I made I'll myself. Never I'll never forget. I told this story before on the podcast, but because of doing this podcast, my YouTube started recommending me Frasier videos. Because I'm doing the <laughs> I Am Nerd podcast, so there's I Am Nerd stuff in my YouTube. 
And then, so I started getting recommended videos of like Fraser deck profiles and shit. And I thought that was funny because it's like YouTube, you don't realize that I'm <laughs> yeah, like, like um, <laughs> but so it's funny. So I find out about that 50 card, that 51 card deck top because I see it in my recommends. It's like Fraser Smith deck profile, like 51 card deck. And I was like, what? Yeah, and you I'm asked like, me about like, it. You're like, what the fuck were you on? I'm like, Fraser topped a, a YCS with a 51 card deck. Yeah, that was on my way out. Like, that was when I knew I, I didn't really care about, like, I still, obviously, I wanted to, like, win and stuff like that still yeah. in 2015, but I kind of was like, it would be so fucking cool to win with this. Like, how crazy would that be? And, I mean, I got top 16, and I actually got my first ever game loss at a tournament at a YCS ever. Uh, I forgot to write big eye on my deck list. Like it's not anything crazy, but like I literally wrote 14 cards on my extra deck. And when they showed me my deck list, I almost didn't believe it. Cause that has never happened to me before. Like I'm, I'm like anal about writing out my deck list. I've never had a deck list error before. So when they showed me and like, there just wasn't a big eye listed on there, but obviously it was in my, it was in my extra deck. I was like, wait, I'm getting a game loss for not writing this down. Like, how did this happen? And I don't know. But then I ended up losing. And it's funny. The kid I ended up losing to was fucking Cody. I don't know if I'm saying his last name correctly, but Cody Angeloff. And he, oh, yeah. he wins a YCS and national. He's one. He's the last national champion. Like We have not had yeah, a national it's... champion since him because of COVID. So it's kind of crazy that like... <laughs> Some of, these, some of these stories, how like these things just happen, right? Like you lose to somebody or you beat somebody and then who they end up becoming is just like yeah. insane. Like he's now reason, one of the best players. The reason why you uh, never messed up your deck list before is you never wrote a 66 card deck list. That is true. That, honestly, <laughs> honestly, that is true. I think that that is part of the reason why I've never wrote a deck list that was not many cards. So that could have something to do with it. Just like writing 51 cards on a deck list is crazy already. I think I had to use the back. Like, I think I literally had to write monsters on the back or something because you don't have yeah. enough space. But yeah, crazy times. Um, it, it's, it, it's, it's insane that we're at like almost a two hour mark and I only talked about just, yeah, just two years yeah, ago. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It's yeah, like, that, that is get, absurd. I didn't even get to talk about like our similarities in you mentioned one thing where you don't finish RPGs and I, I messaged you this right away <laughs> when you said that in one of your earlier podcasts. Like I don't finish RPGs. Like I have and and we enjoy just like running running through games and destroying people. Yep. Like and Yeah, the similarities are kinda scary. I I'll get all the way to the end of an RPG or like very close to it and just stop for no yep. reason. Ending of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, yeah. I, I've never, com- I've never beat Sephiroth because, so, like, I just I, you get I kill all you stop. the weapons, and I'm just like, all right, let me max out everything. Yep, and they, they like I have full, exactly like I have, I actually have a completionist save file of Final Fantasy VII. Like every three of every mastered material on all of my guys, right before the crater, the final save point. I won't go back and play it for some reason. <laughs> and and you, what what's crazy is like as your podcast came out, I was I, I don't know where I was missing anime for all this time, right? Yeah. It, it was probably because I was so into Yu-Gi-Oh! and I was more of like the sports guy, watch sports. Okay. And and I didn't like to me like the animes that I did watch were like full metal, and that was only because people were like full metal is Brotherhood is one of the greatest animes of all time. I'm like, all right, I'll give it a go. And I got into Fairy Tale. But just recently, by recently, like maybe two, three years ago, 
I just started watching Naruto. Where has this been all my life? <laughs> yeah. Naruto and, and Naruto and Hunter. Hunter, Hunter. Oh, oh hey. God. We still have to do a whole oh, and, and when, I'm, when I'm listening to your podcast, I'm like, I could feel the joy in your voice and I'm living. <laughs> I like it's crazy that I get to live it now because this is new to me. Yes. But similar to video games, I don't know why I don't finish animes. Maybe I just don't want things to end. And yeah, we like, must have there must be something psychological going on with us that like yeah, we don't it, want it, things to end. Like I'm still on like for for Hunter Hunter, like I'm at the the Chimera arc, right? Okay, and yeah. everyone tells me this is the greatest, the best arc of it. But like I'm not getting I'm not obviously like I'm a little I'm busy with work. Yeah, yeah. But when I when I and I fall asleep really easily watching stuff, I, it's it's probably my age, it's one of those things, and I wake up super early. Oh, you don't have to tell you don't, don't tell get, me. I fall asleep mid conversation. Yes, he does. <laughs> and one thing you guys don't like, but I have to watch English dub because sometimes I turn around and I can't read. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah, no, I, as I've gotten older, Dale, dub anime is starting to grow on me. Like, and this is happening in the last year. I don't know what's going on, but I've been liking dub a little bit more. For example, Squid Game, I watched it in dub. Like, I watched it with English voice acting. Um, McCabe was surprised about that because McCabe hates anime, but he watched Squid yeah. Game in Korean. And I was like, that's, that's odd. I was like, I watched that shit in English because I didn't have time to be reading. I also started it at 2 a.m. I started Squid Game at 2 a.m. So like at 2 a.m. I'm not reading shit. I, I was in my bed. I was like, I just want to see what the hype is about. And I put it in English and I've been like low key watching more things in English. Now, granted, certain things, I just feel like I need them to be in Japanese, like my attack on Titan um because it's not translated yet and it's coming out now in demon slayer because it's also not translated in english yet so those things like i still watch in japanese but i'm more tolerable like if i went back and watched naruto if i wanted to do a rewatch i, I would rewatch it in english i would not rewatch it in japanese because i just don't have the attention span to sit there yeah. and read all like 700 episodes of subs i'm not doing that yeah I, once again I, i've said this before but since my little brother who's or might one of my, I have a lot of little brothers, but my little <laughs> brother that I watch anime with, who's 10 years old right now, um, since him, I got him in the anime when he was like four. Since him, I've been watching a lot of dubs. Like I got into watching dubs a lot in the last, I guess, six years. Um, yeah. Just because I watch anime with him a lot. Like I remember when he was a kid, five years, I mean, he's still a kid. When he was like five, he used to come home from school and he'd be like, hey, I want to watch the anime with the two brothers and their mom died. And that was Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. I, was wa- I was watching FMA with him, but the way he talked, he's like, he didn't know the name. Maybe he's like, I want to watch the anime with the two brothers and their mom died. Like that's that's what the, that's what FMA was. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad that you got back in anime though, Dale, because right now I feel like yeah. is a golden season, a golden era of insane, anime. Insane stuff, and like it's so funny that I your podcast is kind of what catapults me into certain stuff. Like you put me into the direction of like um, Shitsu Kaisen. Yeah. Yep. And, it's funny, right? I have friends, a lot of friends that do watch anime, and like I'll mention, they're like, "Oh yeah, you're watching that." They stuff the games. I'm like, "Hold, I'm, I right. heard about it. Right, I right. heard it. <laughs> right. yeah. I'm about to start. So relax. <laughs> we, can't, we can't have this conversation. Yeah, I'm about to spoil the fuck out of you. It's amazing because I, th- this world of of anime that I have not been exposed to, even though Yu-Gi-Oh is an anime. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, but not. This, it's not I'm, the same. I'm, I'm, it's not. It, it, it's it's a branch out, but like I'm yeah. discovering this stuff, and it's just next level. Like I, I'm, 
Yeah, I do not have enough in this lifetime to enjoy everything. So that's kind of why, like, I have to watch with English with, with dub because yeah. I'll, I'll need to work, right? I'll need to look down at my phone and do some work stuff and still not fall behind, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if you get so, a chance before uh, before the end of the year when Bleach comes back, you know that might be something to catch up on. Yeah, Bleach is going to be big. Yeah. That's coming back. You can watch that in English. I'm sure it's all dubbed and everything now. Um, Bleach is yeah. really good up until the, like the like the end of the Eisen era or whatever. But it's it's really 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 good. Yeah, I'll definitely get into it. Like I, I uh, romanticize a lot of like the older animes, like uh, Roroni Kenshin yep. and Cowboy Bebop stuff. Like so. Any anime that kind of came out before my Yu-Gi-Oh career, I remember. Yeah. But like so, Yu-Gi-Oh kind of just encapsulated my life. Like Naruto came out that time. Hunter Hunter came out that time. Um, Bleach was at that time. Yep. But yeah, I just, I, I missed that. Just and the uh, Yu Yu Hakusho? Yes. Yeah, that too. So I love Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah. And I'm on the fence that I, I, I think it's better than Dragon Ball at that time. I, yeah, I know not a, not a lot of people agree. And no, I don't yeah, think that's a hot take. I think if you're looking for, go ahead. I don't know the hot take on that, right? But I, I truly, at for for what's given in that certain amount of time, I, I, I definitely enjoyed. I think Yu Yu when it comes to so when it comes to storytelling, Yu Yu Hakusho yeah. blows Dragon Ball Z out the water. Like if there, if there's yeah. a comparison on storytelling between those two, I would say Yu Hakusho. Dragon Ball is way bigger, but Yu Yu Hakusho, I'll never forget. I've talked about this a lot and just in my life, but the ending, like the end of Yu Yu Hakusho, I don't really want to talk about it just in case anybody hasn't seen it. Eventually we'll do an episode on it. Yeah, we haven't done an episode on it yet. But the end of Yu Yu Hakusho, and it has something to do with a beach. I'm not going to say much more, but like the very end, that shit gets to me so hard. Like it gets to me so hard, man. Yeah, Yu Yu Hakusho has really good storytelling, but Dragon Ball is iconic. For all of yes, the reasons that it's iconic for, you know what I mean? Like power-ups, uh, insane explosions, just like characters talking shit. I feel like it's definitely a Dragon Ball kind of started that whole, you know, we're literally just talking shit to each other. Um, yeah. Developing yeah. a personality. Yeah. Yeah. Like like Toriyama from, from Dragon Ball Z is just heralded throughout like nerd culture. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's the GOAT. He's gigantic My- in Japan. Like, yeah, he's gigantic in Japan. I don't know if he still is. Obviously, I don't live in Japan. I wouldn't know. But when when I was super into Dragon Ball Z and I would always, like, know all the trivia about it, there was a period of yeah. time where a lot of the common jokes and, like, things that would set in Japan were jokes that uh, came from Dragon Ball. Like, Dragon Ball yeah. made up these weird little jokes and puns, and they became in common language in Japan oh, like, wow. in that time period. I don't know if you guys ever did this, but, like... You say we're close in age, but I feel like I'm I'm a bit older than you guys. Like yeah, I'm, I'm probably closer to Silverman's yeah, age. Okay, maybe Silverman so, 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 so is not that much older. I want to say like he's probably two, maybe three years older than me. Yeah, I'm, I'm thirty. I'm thirty-five. Um, I'm okay, so okay. you are, you are yeah you are you're yeah. yeah you're a couple years older than me then. Yeah, you you guys are closer to probably Lazaro's age. And, okay, uh, but I'm gonna yeah, say I cannot tell I, that you are thirty-five at all. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Uh, that's exactly where I was going to lead with this. That my oh, man, I, I don't look thirty-five. So no, you don't. You don't look thirty-five. I would never guess. Also, what's here's what's scary to me. This picture again. If you're on Patreon, you can see what I'm talking about. This picture where you, I think it's when you won the first time. So the, yeah. the, the young, you look older in that picture than you do right now. Fine wine, my friend. Like Asian that, Kenny. Do you see what I mean? Like 
that guy yeah. looks like an older henchman or some shit, like a gangster. Yeah, he looks older <laughs> there than he does in actual, like physically seeing him in person right now. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where when I got away from Yu-Gi-Oh, I got to take care of my body a lot more. Yeah, that's so and, important, man. That's so important. I did the same thing. Yeah, and it's just it, it it does wonders for for your mind for too. Every everything like it, 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 not to be superficial, but you kind of, it it gives you that confidence boost. It does. And, yeah, and it, it carries it, it carries into everything. Every, everything. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, you look, like you, you look you, great right now. Yeah, you do. Thank you. You look great. You guys do. Uh, <laughs> I got to shave. I didn't shave yet. I got to shave up. I got to, I'm a little messy right I only now, look but. good for Instagram with the, these days. Like if you see me on Instagram. This, Ken? This, Ken, this is 35 years. I wish I could grow what you have. <laughs> 35 years. I'm struggling with this. Yeah, so you just have the baby face. No facial hair, really. I, uh, no, I got to throw a filter to... I, on my phone to see what I actually look like with the beard. Oh but, shit! Yeah, the, the technologies for that is really good these days too. Like it looks yeah, really, yeah. really good when people do that. I grow, I grow a really thick, mean beard, and um, I shaved it. I shaved it a little. I had a big beard that I was like just kind of keeping tabs on, but I ended up shaving it for a funeral I had to go to. And yeah. then I'm in the phase where now I just I've been shaving it off again because when you go, when you're growing the beard out, there's a phase where it's really itchy all the time. And eventually it grows past that point where it's never itchy anymore. But that middle phase is annoying. So I either shave it all the time and get rid of it, or I let it grow past that middle phase. And then I don't want to shave it because I don't want to be itchy again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get the, I don't get the glory of having a beard. I want, I, it would be nice to be able to grow. Yeah. One, just to have the right? option. Just the option. Yeah. Cause I, I never had facial hair until 2018. So if you saw me, which you have, before 2018, yeah. I used to be clean shaven. And what's scary yeah. to me is that now, when I look at myself without facial hair, I'm creeped out because I look, to me, I look weird. Without facial hair, I think I just look so fucking strange. And one time, so in 2018, I grew facial hair out because I got a new job. And my new job, they don't give a fuck about facial hair. They don't care about what you wear. They don't care about facial hair. So there's like no dress code really. And there's nothing, no policy on facial hair, but there used to be at my job that I worked at for a while. So I always had, I was always clean shaven. And I also went to Catholic school and in Catholic school, they also make you literally shave. If you come in with facial hair wild. So my whole life, I was always a clean shaven person. And then 2018, I got this new job. I grew up my facial hair for the first time in my life. And I liked it. And everyone was complimenting me like, Hey, I like, I like another look, but I always kept it like close. How it is like really like five o'clock shadow looking. And yeah. I don't know why, but like in 2019, a year later, I decided, let me just cut it all off and just go back to like clean shaven just to see. And when yeah. I tell you that I looked so scary, like, and not in a good <laughs> way at all, like it, well, in no good way that I, I, I look, you don't creepy. recognize yourself. I look, yeah. you go back, you don't recognize yourself. I look because strange. When you grow out your hair, when you grow out your beard, right? It's a gradual process. Yeah. So you see yourself every day. And so when you have a full beard, to you, you don't look weird because you, but when you shave it off. Yeah, when you shave yeah. it off. Now you're going from full beard to nothing. You're like, who? What the? Fuck? It just looks weird. Like I look strange. It's just not a good look. So I'll never, ever. I tell everyone, I will never cut off my facial hair ever again because the way I look that that week that I went to work with no facial hair, my one coworker, in the most polite way possible, he looked at me and said, "He said you look different." <laughs> And he just stared at yeah. me. He just stared well, at me. Take, 
you look different or you look tired, it's just like, all right, I get it. Yes. Uh-huh. The like, way he said thanks. it, I walked past and he was like, you cut off your facial hair? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, you look different. And it was the pause and everything. And he just kind of like <laughs> stared for a second. And I knew I was like, God damn it. Like, I cannot wait till this shit grows back in. I was I was so annoyed that like that week or two week period, because my facial hair doesn't grow that fast. But yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a whole thing. Dale, what I want to do is I want to bring you back yes. because I feel like we need to have a part two for this one, especially because we really didn't get far. Like we really yeah, we talked yeah. so yeah. much about like the the early days, but we act like I'm I'm desperate. I'm not saying this at the end of every guest episode that we they need to come back, but I want to have you back in February at the at the latest because yeah. we do need to have a part two to discuss more Yu-Gi-Oh, but also just more like nerd shit in general, just like other life things yeah. that I want to talk about. Yeah. Because um, you said you had a bunch of you know random crap you wanted to bring up yes. and talk about. I have so much. But like, look, now you have like, time to write it down and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I want to schedule so, you in February. Like I'm, I'm putting a, I'm putting a date on this one. Like let's, if you can, if you, if you're able to, in February, let's have you back, so we can like do part two of this because this conversation could easily be four hours. But obviously, we don't release yeah. four hour episodes of a podcast. So I do want to like bring you back. I think uh, as yeah. a side note, something else would be interesting. Just as we were sitting here talking, um, I, I know you said you don't really know him as much that Joe G. Orlando, but. We should try to set something up and just have you two talk. He's the historian. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think you guys could have a... I think it'd be really interesting to hear Dale Belito and Joe Giorlando have a conversation. I think that'd be a great <laughs> content for s- somewhere. If it's not an I Am Nerd podcast, it'd be great content somewhere. Yeah, it, it, it would It would be an honor. It, and it, it's an honor to, like, come back and have, like, a schedule in February. And I will, like you said, Frazier, like I told you, literally... You summon me, I will. I will be there. Listen, I'm, I, I definitely want you back because honestly, this one for me because you and I are so similar and like I resonate with so many things. I really, really want to have you back like faster than pretty much everyone else, just because I do feel like with you, we didn't get to go over a broad like the broad spectrum of all the things that your like your life encompasses. Like you've lived a good amount now to the point where like there's so many things we could talk about, so many life topics, so many nerd topics yeah. so many Yu-Gi-Oh topics that like i have a whole list of questions and shit here that I, I, honestly you were answering so many of them as you were just talking naturally but like there's still so much more i, I want to know and just like talk about yeah i wasn't kidding when i said i'm a rambler and you guys gave me the green light so yeah no I, i'm glad it? that you yeah. did it's great <laughs> i'm the same way if you let me talk i'll just fucking go i will just we're talk the, we're the rambling rant podcast mm-hmm all right, well, yeah. before we go, I need to give a shout out to our patrons over at Patreon. So for you guys listening in, uh, you can write into the I'm there podcast at gmail.com, a listener letter, and we will read it aloud on the show. And also, we have an I'm there podcast Patreon that you can join for as low as $3, which gives you access to our Discord server where people talk about things that they want us to talk about on the, on the actual podcast. So some of our topics actually come from the Discord. Um, they share memes and just talk about... Yu-Gi-Oh, collectibles, all types of stuff. And it's growing. Like, because we have so many patrons now, it, the, that Discord is actually getting quite, quite uh, loud these days. My Apple Watch goes off so much that I think I need to mute my notifications for it. It's that bad. Sometimes I'm like, do not disturb. But I love you guys. All right. So for our patrons over at Patreon, we have Connie, Austin, Leon, Quest, Garen, Xavier, Hylian, TCG Automotive, Silver Chronic, Tyree Tensley, Dimitri Barnes. Alexander Brissett, Vinny Casello, Dominique Roberts, Game Freak Yoshi, Alex Flamer, Michael, Gabe Marini, 
Andre Reynolds, CJ, uh, DubkDad1, Saul, who is from uh, Dabber's Gaming Cafe in Georgia. And then we have our newest patron, uh, Mitchell Nels. So thank you guys so much for being patrons over at our Patreon, supporting the podcast. We really appreciate it. It goes a long way. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Dale. This was really, really fun for us. I hope that you guys enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I know we had some some audio issues, but I'm going to hopefully try to edit out as much of that as I can. But uh, yeah, I, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Hell yes. So I Dale, Dale, we're going to have you back in February for sure. Do a part two. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate that. No, thank you. Dude. Yeah, I, I, love I, I was looking forward to this. Yeah, no, this this will be dropping tomorrow, uh, hopefully early in the morning. And then I'm going to be flying out to L.A. like yeah. Wednesday or Thursday. So it's going to be this this whole week for me is going to be kind of crazy because I'm recording. We have to record another podcast episode on Wednesday and then I'm flying out. Yes, yeah, so I'm flying out Thursday morning. So we're going to record another podcast on Wednesday night and then I have a flight at like 6 a.m. Thursday. So it's going to be a, a crazy week for me. And I still have to work like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Long week ahead for Damn. me. Yep. Yeah. But I'm, I need to work on Tuesday. So. Yeah. I need this vacation now. I need, like I, I told you, I was never going for Yu-Gi-Oh. I was going to see my Yu-Gi-Oh friends, but a lot of yeah. them are still going anyway. Because the unfortunate part is most people booked flights, obviously. And they're like, well, I'm, I'm just going to go anyway. Like, fuck it. So Silverman's going and a couple other people. Yeah. I'm taking a nice little vacation. So there may not be an episode of the I'm There podcast this coming Sunday, or I guess this coming Monday, rather, because I'll be still in California. So we will probably do an episode that'll come out Thursday, but then you won't get anything the Monday following just because of the, they now canceled YCS, but I'll still be on vacation. So word. But yeah, we will be back. We'll be talking about the new Attack on Titan episode. We'll be talking about the new Demon Slayer episode. And uh, yeah, we have Odd Taxi coming up that we'll be talking about. So yeah, we got we got a lot of stuff coming, but I'm their podcast for our content. Let us guys let let us know what you guys want us to talk about as well. We always can just pivot over to any topic. But uh, yeah, this is episode 44, I believe, of the I'm their podcast. As I always say, do the things that make you happy. Any closing thoughts from you, gents? Dale, I, I resonate with that. With, with do things, I, everything I do is is stuff that like that's why I'm so still into Yu-Gi-Oh and nerd culture. Like, yeah. Cause that's what like, makes you happy. Exactly. Like I have Yu-Gi-Oh memorabilia. I'll, like that's something I'll get further into, I guess in the, in our next episode. But like I got like <laughs> most people have coffee table books. My coffee table book is the first four sets of Yu-Gi-Oh complete sets in like a really nice binder that sits on oh, wow. my coffee. Table. That sounds fucking so, like, nice. Yeah. I, yeah. I got, I got some, some stuff to maybe not show off, but be like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. We all, but you know what the cool thing about being older? This is one of the last things I'll say. One of the coolest things about being older is just having the ability to buy the things that you want to buy. No matter how ridiculous they may seem to other people, they mean something to you, and that's what's important. Yes, sir. It's so funny you say that because there was a meme that I saw like two days ago, and it was like, it was along the lines of, you guys remember Jackie Chan Adventures? Yeah, I used to love it. One of my favorite shows, but. It's it's a picture of all twelve talismans, and they're like the hardest thing about adulting is no one telling you, yeah, no one stopping you from buying twelve replica I, talismans. I literally reason. just saw that like two days ago as well, uh, and I and I and I stared at it so long that I was wondering, like, I wonder how much those cost because I wouldn't mind yeah. having them. <laughs> Almost bought Dragon Balls, like 
Like, I'm like, I could probably display this somewhere. Yes, and I, I didn't, but... I want, so I want Dragon Balls. I want a reverse blade sword from Roroni Kenshin. Like, I want a real replica mm-hmm. reverse blade sword. I want it to be sharp on a reverse end and everything. I want Sephiroth sword from Final Fantasy VII. I want Cloud sword from Final Fantasy VII. I want so many, like, random replica things that are just, like, they look very real. Um, yeah. Just a display, but I'll get around so, to it eventually. Two things. One, in terms of buying shit like that, I remember... When I was like 22 or 23, I saw this really high quality replica Green Ranger helmet. I was like, I fucking need that. <laughs> I, I never ended up buying it, but I'm, I'm a huge Green Ranger fan. The way I was you like, said I that. want this. I want this Green Ranger helmet. But on the terms of replica swords, my little brother, who's 10, I bought him Tanjiro's sword last Christmas or it was his last birthday. Oh. Tanjiro's sword from uh, Demon Slayer. And yeah, I just want to show you guys real quick. Nice. I love all that shit like me too and it's got the black blade you know i am i am jealous yeah i got i got this for my brother on his uh last birthday i think it was pretty cool that's amazing good thing i'm coming back in february so i'm gonna i'm gonna show all my yes disposable income on (laughs) on (laughs) that shouldn't be in your house yes all right well dale i'm gonna let you go you have a good night and uh i'll talk to you later brother you too have have a safe trip and see you soon. Thank you. See you. See you. Peace.